Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Ahí estaba, en el centro. Hoyo de gloria. Have you scanned your MVP card? Breakfast was three eggs, scrambled light with grits and extra crispy bacon. Clip, what's up? It's Bryce. I know, Clip, but people are looking for you to sprinkle your magic fairy dust on this whole thing and make it all better. Let's get to that conversation now. Here is uh, that. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Victory Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930, also online, PR927FM.com. And come hang out with us on Facebook Live and YouTube. We are live on Pirate Radio TV where you can see this program, The Brian Bailey Show. Our post-game press conference interviews with Pirate coaches uh, from football, basketball, plus the players. It's all there for you on Pirate Radio TV. So subscribe, give us a like, and uh, join us on the ride today. Going to have a lot of fun talking about a Pirate victory on Saturday, both in basketball and football. And we got some guests to get to on today's program as well, including Cy Seymour, color analyst on ESPN+. Plus. For ECU basketball, we'll talk about the 2-0 start for the Pirates. Look ahead to USC Upstate and a lot of basketball coming up as the Pirates hosting their own Invitational uh, coming up very soon. So we'll talk about all that with the great Cy Seymour coming up in hour number two. Also in hour number two, BB, Brian Bailey will join us on the program. Talk some football hoops and more. And Jason Nichols, former Pirate wide receiver and a Pirate coach, will join us in hour number three to recap East Carolina's victory, a dominant defensive effort by the Pirates on Saturday against FAU. Shirley Rhodes is here. Joey is here. The big dog, Glenn Griffin. We've got Chandler and Ellerby to my left. Happy Victory Monday to you guys. Happy Victory Monday to you, Clipper. What a great word. A couple words to say. Second time this year, Victory Monday for ECU football. But as you mentioned, the basketball team undefeated, doing well. So uh, exciting times in Greenville, North Carolina. Second football win of the year. The first uh, when it comes to FBS opponents. But Oh, this is the first one that feels real to me. Yeah, and it still feels really good. This one feels real good. The last one, eh. This one feels real. And uh, they they finally got it done. And guess what? They got it done in the same exact script they've been playing all year. (laughs) Offense gets this one touchdown. Offense gets one touchdown because the special teams gets a blocked punt <laughs> inside the red zone and then uh, five field goals by the kicker of the week. And then the uh, AAC kicker of the week, Andrew Conrad. And then the defense of the week nationally, East Carolina, flying around. How much fun was it to watch them on Saturday getting after the quarterback, making plays, and just dominating that football How game? How many sacks? Like five? It felt like a lot more than that. But they were just getting constant pressure on their quarterback, and they were able to get there and uh, and get him down for a sack. 
Sack uh, after it, sack it, after sack. It would have been nice to have Mike Keith as our play-by-play guy just for that day because with all the sacks we had. So, uh, But the defense has been playing you know, awesome all year. They've been a top 30 defense. They've been keeping us in football games. And, um, you know, shout out Andrew Conrad. Five for five. It's a school record. Um, I felt like we had like a mini Jake Verity out there the other night. It just seemed like every time he lined up to kick a field goal, it's like you knew it was going in. So. First time he went out there, how confident were you? Mm, after some of the games he's had this year, not good. Yeah, when he first went out there, I was like, mm, he hit it. Second one, I was like, still, about, uh, I had about the same confidence level on the second one. Then really, the next few, I was like, man, he's, he, Florida's his place. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he just went out there and just acted like he, he doesn't miss field. I mean, he was kind of like Justin Tucker. I mean, he was just out there ready just to kick. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, right on time. I mean, right down the middle, pretty much. Yeah, he was huge on Saturday, and the Pirates needed him uh, because, again, the offense was was giving the ball in some really good situations but could not uh, get it across the goal line for touchdowns. They did score one, as we said, set up Gerald by Green. the special team. Gerald Green. Uh, Second straight game with a touchdown. Starting to have a nose for that end zone. Yeah. And I think the, the, the key turning point in the game was when uh, Hatfield touched the ball when on the fumble that they yes. did they did a pickup and return because at that point they, they basically tie the game at thirteen if that, that score stands and then potentially take the lead. And I think that being overturned, yeah, I don't know where the game goes if, if FAU gets the momentum and yeah. takes the lead there. But uh the Pirates were able to keep them off the board the rest of the game and then did enough to score enough points to to walk away with a road victory, which which is always, always tough. But uh, I think, you know, hats off to, to the guys fighting hard and, and getting a win. And can they do it two more times this year? Well, I was going to ask the confidence level of winning out and going 4-8. and eight. What's the confidance level after Saturday's game? I, know, I mean, I know the offense is still going to struggle and our defense is going to have to do everything they can I mean, to keep us in the, in the football game. But and, and we do have Navy, who we always struggle against. But um, and I, I don't know. I just don't feel the vibe that – like you used to be like when navy it was like ooh man like it's a complete scare factor i'm not as scared it's just but also i think i think navy's playing better but it's not it's not impossible to think that east carolina that that navy could have a bad game like fau did and east carolina could play their game and and, and walk away out of annapolis with a victory i just this conference right now it just it's i mean east carolina almost beat tulane tulane almost Lost to Tulsa this past weekend. I mean, the, the, from top to bottom, it, I mean, there's just not. Yeah, but 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 we can't score. So that is a problem. Thirteen That's points. We gave up thirteen. We found out that was too many points. We can't win if we give up thirteen. So we gave up seven, and we did win. If we give up three or seven to Navy, we can win. If we give up anything above seventeen, we probably lose. Yeah, like, I, I, I've, nothing has really changed in my opinion. These final two games, I think they'll be close games. Because our defense will keep it close. You had some callers the other night that really think that we're going to go and, and beat Navy. There's, I mean, this, the positivity and the confidence in the fans on Saturday night going into this Navy game is uh, is you know pretty interesting. And even Justin from Newburn called in the famous uh, call last year with the slap every cougar on that mountain. He's called in and and he thinks the Pirates are going to go and take care of business in Annapolis. Well, this is the last game. I mean, there's only two left, but Navy still has something to play for. That they are sitting at four wins. And they have three games left, so they can get to bowl eligibility. Uh, and so this is a this is senior day 
for the uh, Navy team on Saturday at noon. And so, I mean, they, they have something <laughs> at stake when they play East Carolina. East Carolina is just playing to spoiler, spoiler well, to get better. We have been in this role for a while now. UTSA, they were undefeated in conference. They're thinking conference championship. Couldn't quite get it done there. Tulane, trying to spoil their magical season. Couldn't quite get it done. Uh, FAU, uh, trying to get to a bowl game and we look like they were on track to do so we did play the role of spoiler yeah now yeah. we can try to spoil navy season and can this defense play against this navy offense the same way they've played against other teams this year that's the big question it, well, does does the navy triple option still have east carolina's number well last year the defense wasn't the problem against navy it was the offense when we had hold nailers and all those yeah. great players uh, we couldn't score against them. So that was the issue last year. And then Naylor's had a late uh, interception there, went into overtime, and then we missed a field goal. So yeah. last uh, Blake Harrell has done a good enough job, I feel like, especially compared to past defenses we've seen in the, you know, Ruffin McNeil, Scotty Montgomery era. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm just worried. I'm more, obviously more worried about the offense than I am the defense. Well, let's go around the table for confidence. East Carolina gets a victory in Annapolis this weekend. Chandler, best uh, case scenario is 100%. Uh, I'm going to go 60%, which is over halfway. Earlier in the year, just a few weeks ago, I would have said 30 or 40, but I'm going 60 right here. Wow, what has changed? I mean, we got to win. It's, it's a confidence win. Boosted a lot of confidence in this football team. He's drunk on the FAU win. Yeah, we had like one thirty-yard drive for a touchdown. But that, but so your, but your confidence level has gone up thirty percent points. What's your score, Chandler? My score today. Mm. If you're just not holding it to you, just your your confidence is sixty percent. Pirates win. Hmm. By a field goal, which is probably going to get us. Well, as Clip said, what, what is, what's your score going to be? How many points are the Pirates going to put up? Twenty seventeen. Twenty to seventeen. Mm-hmm. Clipper, what's your confidence sitting here today? East Carolina Navy. That East Carolina comes out of Annapolis with their third win. Forty-seven percent. Forty-seven percent. Joey, do you have any confidence in in East Carolina going to Annapolis? He's, he's saying no. Zero percent? Man, get on the mic and talk. Zero percent, Joey? Why? Why zero? I mean... <laughs> you got, you're asking a very down-bad sports fan right now. Like, okay. very down-bad. Should we bad. not talk to you today? <laughs> <laughs> I, my bad. I was crunching numbers. I was getting excited about this pick That's what uh, I... Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm at about 50 percent. Hey, thank you. Good job, Joey. Uh, fifty percent. All right, way to uh, way to really go out on a limb, Ellery. I, I mean, I'm just. I think. I think the defense maybe gets a turnover. I think. I mean, it does going to have defense or special teams is going to have to have a part of the score for East Carolina to win, and I think that might be possible. Let's see if we've seen any line movement. East Carolina, huge line movement team this year. Mm-hmm. Was it SMU where it shot up so much? And then FAU it, it shot down. It, it, FAU it went down. Went down. It went down, what, three points? Yeah. Three or four points in a 24-hour time span. And we opened up a field goal uh, underdog, right? Yes. To Navy. Uh, and how about that total? East Carolina still a uh, plus three. 33 is the over-under. Woo-hoo-hoo! Disgusting. 
What was it? The Iowa over under this past weekend was twenty six. Like yeah, in the twenties. And it, and then they it stayed under because they won. Oh, 20, yeah. they won twenty two to nothing. <laughs> and they had the ball late in the game, but took a knee because they didn't. I mean, they could run the clock out. Hey, so why go crazy? Why, why score twenty five or twenty nine when you can score twenty two? 33 is the over-under. My final score has us covering. Man, you got it flying over. (laughs) Way over. I mean, Chandler's going to be feet up. This is easy. (laughs) 37, says Chandler. Oh, man. Yeah, it's. uh, we'll see. 2023 college football, and our total is 30. Let me get some of these other over-unders. And I've, I've seen a lot in the 40s. By the way, Iowa... Is our over under higher or lower than I was this week? Who are they playing? So we're 33 and a half. They play Illinois. Oh, I think it's low. I, I think it's lower. How about it's got to be lower? 28. Uh, 31. Wow. Just some disgusting football being played. Uh, but uh, there you go. I guess I don't know if the clock changed. Now I'm seeing a bunch in the 60s, but there's a lot of 40s uh, in here. I don't know if the clock change has affected some of that. Maybe a little more defense being played this year. Nebraska-Wisconsin, also in the 30s at 37. So there you go. I mean, East Carolina, what about, like, you look ahead to the next week, Tulsa game, 2 o'clock kickoff. Uh, I mean, it's... it's, Now, that one feels like, to me, one that East Carolina scores, like, 42 points. Like, it's the last game of the year, and they're going to put it together and put up a bunch of points. It's going to be a That's what we did against and, SMU. And uh, everybody's going to be COVID like, year. where's this been all year? Maybe we should give Flynn and Donnie another year. Like, <laughs> like it's going to be one of those. Or, or what happens What happens is <coughs> Jeter plays and and does like becomes wow. the next second coming of Keaton Mitchell. <laughs> Has like... Can't wait for next year. 80 yards rushing, like... 150 yards passing, you know, just make some incredible plays. <clears throat> a couple players make like some one-handed catches. Yeah, Jalen Johnson goes ba- crazy. Barely gets a foot in the back of the end zone sort of deal. Um, yeah, I mean, you could see one of those like, you know, Coach Ross' first game, classic Hail Mary shootouts, 51-49. Oh, I'm thinking blowout. Oh, you're thinking of blowout. Is, t- blow is the Tulsa coach in jeopardy of getting fired? Um. Is it Philip Montgomery? Is it not is, Coach Mo anymore? Is Coach Mo still there? I don't think so. No, no, no because they just hired Kevin Wilson. Yeah, well, so, so he's obviously not going to be getting fired. So there's, I mean, so the Tulsa team, the Tulsa team's trying to build momentum towards next year as well too. So um, I don't know that it, it's going to be an interesting, interesting weather Thanksgiving Saturday football game in Greenville at two o'clock. It's going to be a homecoming for uh, Kevin Wilson that that weekend. He is from Maiden, North Carolina. From where? Maiden. Where is Maiden, North Carolina? Uh, I don't know. Google that up, Chan. Um, So the bottom seven offenses in America, there are two Big Ten teams. There are four MAC teams, and then there's East Carolina. (laughs) That Midwest really struggles to play offense. Uh, But East Carolina, so Iowa's last in the nation at 243 yards a game. Eastern Michigan, next to last, the Pirates. Well, well, what uh, is Iowa's ones. record? They, they probably are the best. It's worst incredible. Offensive team. They are eight and two. They are just like the Steelers in the NFL. The Steelers have been outgained every game. They have been outgained and outscored <laughs> on the season, and are six and three. Yeah. Wow. Makes no sense. So I mean, hey, defense—you that's two sides of the ball, or three, or four, if you ask Coach Rowe. You guys were talking about somebody getting fired after a game. Have you ever heard of? 
both coaches getting fired after a game because I think it's only happened once and it happened this weekend. What really? game was that? Oh, yeah. Just happened. Mississippi just happened. State and Texas A&M. Jimbo oh, yeah. and the Mississippi State guy got canned at the same time. Jason said, uh, Jason Nichols the other night said this is a loser leaves town match. And both left out. Loser, loser and double, winner. Double swerve. <laughs> you know, you know the, swerve. And, and right now, the only person that didn't get fired that is a loser is Petrino, still at Texas A&M drawing a paycheck. Or did he get canned too? No, he's going to be the, the interim. interim. He's back. Insane. Put him on the hog. Bobby <laughs> Petrino. That's one step away from like Put the neck brace on. Now, if Texas A&M does not name Urban Meyer their head coach this week, then like what are they doing? They can go get anybody. Maybe, maybe not. With well, if that's the case, like then they'll, they'll take Urban Meyer because he's here, the best available and coach. Kirby, but I think anybody not named Urban Meyer or Dabo Sweeney mm. at Texas A and M is is not a win I, for them. I like the Dabo hire. I like the Dabo hire a lot for them because I think he would fit right into their campus culture. Where does Jimbo go from here? Did you say Colt? Uh, yes. Colt is what I Colt said. Colt Church. There's two guys that I want to have the Texas A&M job, and it's either they either bite the bullet and deal with Harbaugh's off-the-field stuff or on-the-field stuff, or they go to Clemson and write a big check. Do we think Harbaugh interviewed for Texas A&M while he couldn't coach on Saturday? <laughs> That's <laughs> where he was at. That's where he was. He was in the Penn State hotel up there talking to Texas A&M officials about, uh, you know, I've got this kid named Stalins, and he can go <laughs> he can go videotape Georgia this afternoon. <laughs> did y'all see the Michigan interim coach? Yeah, I did crying on the crying field. like oh his my gosh, father like just died. died. How about I hat, love you, man? Hats off to Fox Sports for having uh, Charles Woodson and the Michigan coach drop f bombs. Oh, really? <laughs> Charles dropped it on the pregame show. He said it was BS. Uh, and then uh, the the Michigan coach uh, with an emotional post game. He dropped the uh, F and an S. Yeah, yeah. So the Fox was going all in on the uh, on the on the on the bleep button, which they didn't have on the live versions. Michigan is all in on making themselves the victim in this. It, you saw scandal. it today. It like was it, in, it's incredible. Cliff, I, I played you a little bit earlier. Hallball from today talking about how they now have to be America's team. Now they're the underdog and they're blah 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 blah, and it. it Come on, man. It is a great microcosm. There he is. Look. <laughs> Sharon, Sharon Moore. Yeah. Do y'all know who the hero in all this scandal is? <laughs> Who's that? Connor Stallion. No. It's, it's the <laughs> He's S- an American hero. It's the SEC because they're sitting there laughing at me like, look, we are messed up, but we keep our stuff in house around here. Yeah. You know, everybody's cheating around here. Everybody's doing all sorts of stuff. Yep. But we, we're not picking on Michigan. They're not going after Alabama or Georgia well, right now. what if there was an like, Alabama situation? Do you think the other SEC schools would rally around and try to get them in trouble? Or would they say, I don't we th- got so much going on, we're just going to be quiet? We're going to stay out of the it. S- the SEC commissioner's not going to be saying anything. And, and, and the other schools aren't going to be saying anything because nobody wants any heat. And then... <clears throat> Then it's just like, like the Redskins in the NFL clip. It's exactly like the Dan Snyder situation. Like the other owners wouldn't snitch, and it took a lot of years of, of build up for yeah. it to happen. Oh, like, yeah, years and years and years. And you years. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's very similar. It would take something like that, like something being known about Bama's program or LSU, whoever or what have you, and it going on for years and years and years and building up resentment. Skip says it's pretty obvious ESPN doesn't like Harbaugh in Michigan. I think the NCAA doesn't. How is that obvious? 
are you saying that because they're not they don't play games on espn aren't they just talking about what michigan michigan did something wrong here right they committed crimes are we losing sight on that? I think Skip? here's where I have a problem with the NCAA and all of it. Like all this stuff is suspending Harbaugh. Like and and then is Michigan still playing football games? They're still winning football games. If they did something wrong, I think the only way to to correct all this stuff is to financially penalize Michigan. I mean, hit them with fifty million dollars. They did something wrong. Don't, I mean, enough of the suspending coaches and, and, and I mean, it's not doing Take it. away wins that doesn't matter. Wins that they've already won this year. Like, I mean, if the NCAA, and if you want to start doing there's so much money in sports, start hitting them where their checkbook. I mean, just start finding them. You know, I think that's fine. Harbaugh. Find him $5 million, $10 million if he's, you know, start holding these. I mean, you got to think what would happen if there was something on that level in the NFL, which I guess. The, uh, Belichick. The, Belichick is the is the is the common reference there. Of what would happen in the NFL with something like that? I mean, game checks. Let them pass up. I mean, I, I just say I think let's financially. If NCAA wants to, you know, be uh-huh. relevant, it's worse because they're rolling teams. Like I, they they ran the ball the last thirty seven plays against Penn State this weekend. Yeah, they threw it like one time in the second half. I think it's very it's very in your face. Like the the determination on their part now is is way overblown. I will say this. So let's let's how about we do take away wins and turn those wins into losses? Pirates are at three wins now with a win over. They beat Navy. They beat Tulsa. We have seen five win teams get into bowls before, folks. Could this East Carolina offense be bowling? in december you want to see it i think we got something (laughs) i think we got something here so what's the score of the east carolina michigan game if we win i uh won nothing i don't know and i want to i hope we play iowa in the bowl game and the total is 17 points i don't even know if they'll like put a football in the field (laughs) (laughs) play without a football y'all just go out there and yeah yeah i mean knock each other seven on seven y'all go out there and knock each other around (laughs) a little bit and then and then every three downs we're gonna give you the ball and y'all have to punt each other it's not seven on seven chandler it's five on it's four on four it's the linemen just out there (laughs) yeah because we don't need skill guys and quarterbacks screw that it's a game of inches truly like it's about how many inches you can move the other line oh yeah yeah it's just boom on boom i like that all right um basketball ellerby pirates getting the win yeah How about rj felton a 30 spot that's awesome I, i've always said that i mean east carolina starting to turn the corner if they can find a guy that can finally take over a game and and consistently score over 20 points we found I two mean, this we found two in two games you right? know who's next ezra, ezra the big three so Bra- brandon, brandon johnson, johnson had 29 on monday you had R.J. Felton had 30, a career high on Saturday. <laughs> and then uh, what, what are you doing? Ezra, I don't know what the dude is. Use the force. He's is he still in size? Is he, <laughs> I'm still in size. Right, no, no he, he's using the Schwartz. <laughs> but, but Ezra can be that guy? Uh-huh. And then, then you have like a, a, a Jalen Walker can be the next guy. <laughs> you're shooting lightning at people. We got guys. Head. I think what you're trying to say is we got guys. We got guys, man. 
And like, I mean, they're looking great. If you let me go, you can use my friend's head for a polo. <laughs> Remember that from Spies Like Us? Uh, do not, Ellerby, but good reference for those that get it. Yes, sorry. Who's in Spies Like Us? Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase. Uh, you never saw Spies never Like Us? I never saw it. Are you serious? Right? I am serious. I know Chandler. That is, Ch- that's Chandler on, did, the, like on the don't even ask me. hair edge of our age. Yeah. Like it's a split. Y'all like are, I remember it and I know it and I can see like the VHS cover, but I can't remember. I'm telling you right now mandatory watching over the holiday spies like us all right is it on a streaming platform i don't know i'll check it chandler has no idea who dan Aykroyd or chevy That's i know who that is 19 give me another movie they both in it uh animal house no oh, no 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 <laughs> All right, Chevy Chase was in obviously in uh, Christmas Vacation. Uh, he he, he starts Cat- Christmas Vacation. All right, Caddyshack. Have you seen Caddyshack? I have seen Caddyshack. Okay, Dan Aykroyd. He's Saturday Night Live. That's not a movie. But I know but he started there. Doing what character? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, the the pump you up? No, that wasn't him, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you just digging a hole, man. All right, no, but he uh, did he say Caddyshack? Yeah, for yeah. Chevy Chase. Um, oh, you're talking Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. Now I'm on Dan Aykroyd. Has he got to his like biggest or most popular movie? Yeah, he said he gave him he said Saturday Night Live was his biggest movie. Well, I mean, close. If you go off Saturday Night Live, the Blues Brothers. Yeah. He wasn't do you know the Blues Brothers? Yes. Have you ever seen it? Um, no. Have you ever is, seen Is Belushi the other one? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen Go Host Busters? Go Host Busters? Go Host Busters. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Ellerby, we can watch this right now. What? It Let's is, watch the whole movie. It is free on YouTube. Are you serious right now? I am being dead serious. Should we cancel Cy Seymour and the rest of the show? <laughs> you know what? Let's just play the movie for the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, might, it, might have a, it might have some Michigan language on Ooh, there. Okay. So All right. we, we might not want to do that, but uh, Spies Like Us. Comment on the chat. If you've seen Spies Like Us. <laughs> tell, tell Clip and Chandler and Glenn and Joey. Do you recommend Spies Like Us? I've surely like seen Spies Like Us. Come on. you got to get it. Shirley, is she with us? Have you seen Spies Like Us? Come Have on. You, spy- oh, yeah. See? Uh-huh. Would you give it a thumbs up, Shirley? Oh, yeah. See? It's a classic. Okay. I believe classic. it. Just hadn't seen it. All right. Homework by this time in two weeks. I'll give you guys till after Thanksgiving. Okay. Fair enough? Yeah. So what are we talking about? The pair of actors... Well, I was just telling them what a classic it is. Are you trying to watch it together? Sure. Well, got a Thanksgiving date here. Let's do a Zoom and we'll watch it on hey, YouTube watch, together. Hey, watch along. Yeah. Hey, watch party. We'll do it live uh, <laughs> on our Facebook and YouTube. Thanksgiving you can, night. You can get I'll, our reaction. Movie watch party. <laughs> For which movie, though? Spies, Spies Like Us. Spies Like Us. Us. Okay. We yeah. got popcorn in the back. Yes, we yes. do. Thanks yeah, to Wally's, got a whole bucket Wally's of that. too. Better butter. Yep. It would be My great. favorite. It would go great with spots like that's the perfect movie popcorn, better butter. All yeah. right, Ellerby, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, hey, go to our website pr927fm.com. We launched a uh, another T-shirt with our buddy Dixon Williams. It's a Welcome to the Jungle T-shirt, only twenty bucks. Perfect in time to get some gifts for the holidays. So uh, a lot of cool stuff going on on the website and on Pirate Radio. A lot of more fun activities coming your way soon. So stick with us. Uh, as uh, not only will we have great coverage on air and on social, but uh, some merchandise for your friends and people family. have been asking, and uh, we are going to deliver. PR927FM.com. Get your Dixon Williams Welcome to the Jungle t shirt for just 20 bucks. All right, we will take a break, come back, have more for you here in hour number one. 
Uh, we'll recap the NFL Sunday. We'll talk more about the Pirates. We have the uh, the best announcer call from over the weekend that we'll hit <laughs> when we return on a Victory Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, Washington's favorite place to eat in, and where all the locals go is down on Main Street. Down on Main Street's famous weekday lunch specials are only $7.99. You can stop by for the house salad with grilled chicken. The half club sandwich with chips are everyone's favorite. The fried shrimp plate. After work, down on Main Street is the perfect spot for dinner and drinks on the patio. Join down on Main every Wednesday for half price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Down on Main Street, on Main Street in historic downtown Washington. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty, back with you here. Pirate Radio Live on a Victory Monday. Uh, Pike said... He said in section 111 Saturday, he saw Chandler relax in 213 for a few minutes. And I bet it was only a few minutes because <laughs> this guy, he's all over the place on a pirate basketball game day. Yeah, I went up there and sat with your dad for a little bit, went and talked to my good uh, trivia buddy, Ben. He was there by himself. So, uh, yeah, I had to go take a little break. Kenny on Facebook says football has the boneyard, baseball has the jungle. Can Pirate Nation come up? What can Pirate Nation come up with for basketball? The Pirates Den, the hideout, the galley. Oh, the galley. Man, I missed the galley in uh, Jones Dorm. That was an awesome spot. Oh, yeah? Tell me about it. Uh, had um, different pla- yeah, places to eat. They had a grocery store in there, a little mini grocery store. Had a burger joint, had a sub place. Um... Uh, All right, I've heard enough. They had a little taco joint. It was really cool. Really good. And it was called the galley. The galley. All right, there you go. Uh, we got to get to our announcer call of the weekend. I saw Corey Glore tweet about this. By the way, I uh, I, inter- <laughs> I, t- I tweeted about Corey Glore on Saturday. Because, yes, Corey, I believe it. Do you know what I'm talking about? When I tell Corey that, yes, I believe it. No. So when you watch a game on ESPN Plus, they run the same stuff over and o- over and over again. They replay it over and over again, including the American promo, which I believe has uh, Jeff Charles on it for a clip. But it's got a key, it's Keaton Mitchell's in it. But every time they run that, which is every commercial break, it has Corey Gore, Corey Glore going. Can you believe it? <laughs> and I talked to Corey, and he said, if I'd have known they were going to put my voice in that promo that runs over and over again, I would have given them a better one where I don't sound like a complete maniac. They should have done, safe! Hey! Safe! Can you believe it? <laughs> uh, yeah, Corey, we all believe it. 
We do believe Too it. late's won the game! But Corey tweeted out this clip. It was a, it's uh, a, good one. a basketball game. Let's see if I can find the... Who was playing in this particular game? Because it was an amazing call. Well, let's go ahead and hit the call. It's late in the game. Our guys just got to hit a free throw. It's a one and one, Chandler. So you hit the first, you go up three. Yep. Hit the second one. Need that one. You go up four and basically ice it. So you got to hit the first one. But this is what happened instead. Shirley, can you hit it? Not sure what's going on. Savarino, however, going to the line. Come on, hit this one. Just a few seconds ago was in this exact position. Just make one. At least. (coughs) One and one. That one falls. Off the mark. Here comes D'Angelo. He pulls up. His three-pointer. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, goodness me. Oh, my. No! <laughs> no! And, uh, it cuts off. Oh, man. Because some say no, he is still there screaming, oh, no. No, no! Oh, no! It cuts off so abruptly. <laughs> so this was Swarthmore defeating NYU on a buzzer beater, D3. I wonder if Farum plays one of these teams this year. Swarthmore. <laughs> like, what kind of name is that? And uh, the, the goodness me, oh my, gets me every time. Corey, can you read? Uh, it sounds like a Jim Rome comment. Read Corey's uh, comment in Jim Rome's voice. Uh, dude, sounds like he's broadcasting the Hindenburg. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Can you hear the whole thing again, Shirley? And we'll talk uh, while there's dead Not spots. sure what's going on. Savarino, Not however, sure what's going going on. to the line. <laughs> Another thing he did. It falls. Off the a mark. few seconds yeah. ago was in this exact you position. You can't say a shot falls and mean that he missed the shot. It falls. Sounds like he goes in, right? One. Can't do that. But he made up for it. Big time. That one falls. Off the mark. Off the mark. Here comes D'Angelo. He pulls up. His three-pointer. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, goodness me. Oh, my. No. The power in no. I love the end. No! It's like, he, it's like he watched a deer get run over. And goes, oh, no! Goodness me, oh, my. What a call. Goodness me, oh, my. And the shot is up, and it is good for the other team because he missed it. Like, what a... It falls off the mark. <laughs> I mean, and he nails it to the backboard because it's no good. What a tease. What a twist. And it goes in the hands of the, <laughs> the, hands of the defender because he rebounded the ball. Uh, I oh, kind of just want to hear that the rest of the show. Goodness, me, oh my. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, man. The, the high school and like D3 calls, some of the best, best things you'll ever hear. Swarthmore. Oh, me, oh, my. Defeats NYU. Shirley, I've got to hear it one more time. Please. At least. 
And by that, I mean seven. <laughs> Can I pull the whole The whole shebang. I need the whole thing. Not sure what's going on. I'm not Sabarino, sure what's going however, on. Going to <laughs> not the Not sure line. what's going on. I don't know he, what's going on here. He's got a Just real. A few seconds ago was in this exact position. He's got a real announcer voice going here. <laughs> but then things get a little crazy at the end. One and one. And he reverts back to it's his off. other voice. So he's got the announcer voice going. That one falls. That one falls. Off the mark. Here comes D'Angelo. He pulls up. He's three-pointer. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, goodness me. Oh, my. No. No. It's like he's calling for help and like the phone like disconnects and you're like hey, what's wrong what's wrong Ow! russ said clip this is overkill all right well let's hit it one more time charlie not sure what's going on Sabarino, however going to the line to the line just a few seconds ago was in this exact position position shot is up and it is this is the worst announcer ever and i disagree and it's good if it went in, but it didn't. <laughs> that one falls. Off the mark. Off the mark. Here comes D'Angelo. He pulls up. He's three-pointer. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, goodness me. Oh, my. No. No. All right. Newton says this is getting old. Shirley hit it again. <laughs> Not Here's sure what's my going thing. Sabarino, however, going to the line. This guy obviously this not very position. good because when a shot does go in, it's not off the mark. One and one. And this, this shot's shot, good. This if it went in, is on is it the a mark. freshman? Do we know if it's a freshman? That one falls Man, off I the love mark. This guy. Here comes D'Angelo. I don't know why you keep he saying he's up. not good. He's three pointer. Oh no! If anybody else says that this is old or overkill, we're hitting it. So it's on you at this point. <coughs> I'm not going to hit it again, at least for this segment. Oh, no. But I will hit it when Jason Nichols is here. And we may have to hear it in hour two as well. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> what a call. He goes beyond the cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, the mark. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get our fleet feet rundown. We'll uh, you know recap Sunday. No, let's stay here. Let's go to a break. <laughs> let's stay here. And by that, I, I mean, mean stay here while you hear commercials. The shot is bad, as in Michael Jackson bad. It is good. It is good. Here is uh, that. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Here is goodness, uh, me, oh my! That. We'll run down the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Tell you what's going on tonight. Clear. Talk a little NFL Sunday, and have more for you. We need to replay the uh, Justin call from the other yes. night. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I literally died. We'll do that, <laughs> and have more for you. Hour one, Victory Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Stay with love and we'll smoke them 
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Order Jersey Mike subs on the mobile app and get delivery right to your home or save time and order ahead to skip the line to pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's a sub of above now let's head back in to prl here's clip brock back with you pirate radio live on a victory monday edition we've got in hour number two si seymour joining us to talk pirate hoops we got brian bailey joining us for some football and basketball talk plus i got a lot of mike houston andrew conrad and others a video to get to after the game from saturday night so uh yeah lots of and it's always great to come in here after a dub oh yeah victory monday and it's like you said it feels like it's the first real victory monday because that gardner webb game was just kind of like a a gimme pirates looked great in that game as they should have and uh i don't know it just it, that that victory feeling still feels great even though it got the pirates to two and eight uh, by the way, Russ on YouTube is asking, and somebody asked me this over the weekend at the basketball game about the baseball schedule, um, asking when it will be dropped, when will there be a reveal of the baseball schedule for 2024, and I have no idea, um, but I didn't know maybe you knew. I don't know when, uh, but I do know. Tell me what you know. I'll tell you what I know. I know I know this. How about this? Man. Hey, you got it. I got it. You got it. I got it, buddy. I'll tell you this. The, the one thing they are finalizing is the North Carolina series and how and where that is going to be played. Everything else has a date and a – well, not everything has a time. Uh, but the dates are there. So I don't know when it's coming out. What a tease. So you have it. Hey, people, man. If people want to know when it will be dropped, hey, they could easily get to know the schedule just by asking you. But you say, I've got it, but I'm staying hush-hush. I'll answer three questions about it, Russ. All right. Drop them in it. the chat. Well, thanks, Brad, for taking it out of it. Brad says after they finalize the UNC Pro Park. Who do you think you are, Brad? I mean, he's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but why you got to take shine away from me? Who do you think you are knowing everything? Because Bra- you do know that fact. Brad Weatherspoon, are you related to Clarence? Are you related to Reese? Glenn knows who Clarence Weatherspoon is. Joey and Chandler have no idea. That's because we're old and they're not. Do you know how Brad eats this cereal? How's that? With, with, with her spoon. <laughs> <laughs> was with his spoon. <laughs> Thank you, Chandler. That's pretty good. Nick wants to hear that. He said one more time, Shirley. Should we honor Nick's request? Yeah. <laughs> he said he wants to play it, so we'll play it. I mean, goodness me, oh my. I don't know, what sure what, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Not sure what's happening. Not sure what's going on. Sabarino, <laughs> however, going to the line. <laughs> Just a few seconds ago, was in this exact position. I really hope it's off the, off the mark. I hope he make. I hope he I drills really hope it one. off the rim to the defense. Come on, make it, make it, make it. 
That one falls. Yes. Oh. Off the mark. What? Yeah. Here comes D'Angelo. He pulls up. He's three-pointer. Oh, no. Oh, no. Michael Winstead says. Oh, goodness me. Oh, my. No. <laughs> Michael Winstead says, hello, PRL. Oh, no. Oh, no. Me, oh my! Russ said, "Thanks, Brad. Clip is not helpful. How was I not helpful? I said the exact same thing that he said. You didn't say pro park. You didn't say why they were finalizing it. What did I say? You just said they're still finalizing it. You didn't get into the details. <laughs> you didn't dive into the details. You got to say exactly why they're finalizing it because they because they know well, people know we're having that series. We're, we're having a series against Carolina. Oh, we're having a freaking series. We're having a freaking series. Um, just gotta be more specific." Let's get to the Fleet Feet rundown. Fleet Feet run to it. provides the most You'll comfortable. Will you quit interrupting me? Sorry. Apology accepted. Oh, no! Fleet Feet provides oh! <laughs> the shoe for you. <laughs> Do that again, Shirley. Me, oh my! Go see Fleet Feet 207 East Arlington Boulevard in the old Gordon's Golf location. They got the 3D foot scanner, the great one-on-one service. Shirley Rhodes, a very happy customer. You should be too. Go see ECU alum Chris London and Fleet Feet. All right, so NFL recap. Good grief. We got four minutes and we got to take another break. So I said last week that something happened that made me want to stop watching the NFL completely. And that is Carson Wentz being back in the league. Uh huh. Well, something happened on Sunday that pulled me back in, all the way back in. Because anytime Jameis Winston's on the field, <laughs> it's must see TV. Jameis Winston came in after Derek Carr threw the ball 18 times, no interceptions, no touchdowns, boring football. 13 for 18, 110 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Who wants to watch that? Jameis comes in. When did he come into the game? I have no idea. I wish they had a minutes played. Was it the first? Was it the second half? Like, I swear he didn't play a ton, but he threw the ball 25 times. He had two touchdowns and two interceptions. He is going to make something happen one way or the other. He had a hilarious punt interception. He had a tremendous throw the ball across the field touchdown. It is just must-see TV every time this guy plays. It is hilarious. He had a freaking Hail Mary attempt that almost was complete. I love James. biggest love-hate quarterback in the league. And the Vikings are the weirdest team in the league. When they had all their parts, they sucked. They went 0-3. Since then, they have won 6 out of 7. Wow. Did you not realize that? They are man. And they won with Josh Dobbs. Who didn't even know their plays, didn't know his teammates. Won last week against the Falcons. And then gets it done against the Saints. Back-to-back weeks that the Vikings uh, take down NFC South foes for the Panthers. And their only loss in that span where they've won six out of seven is to the Chiefs. <laughs> and they lost that 27-20. to 20. So, no Cousins, no Jefferson, no problem. I mean, goodness me, oh my. For the Minnesota Vikings. 
Uh, also yesterday, didn't watch the Colts Patriots, and I'm glad it was 10 to 6. Oh. Who wants to watch that? That's disgusting. Winston came in with seven minutes left in the third. <laughs> seven minutes left in the third. And they said, you're going to throw the ball today, Jameis. You're going to throw the ball today. And, threw tw- and had time to throw two interceptions and two touchdowns. Yeah. That is incredible. A quarter and a half. Uh, does anybody have anything to brag about today? Uh, you know, just the pick them. What you got? Just love that I went against the Bengals again, and it worked again. Texans 30, Bengals 27. Chandler wrote it with me, too. Yes. He did. He had no idea that he did that. He did not. Yeah. CJ Stroud, 356. On Friday, Tony was talking about Stroud for MVP. I was like, nah, you can't give him the MVP. Now you look at the national shows I turn on the TV today. They're saying, is CJ Stroud the MVP right now? I, I mean, I mean, I don't see it though. Definitely offensive rookie of the year. De- yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think you might as well just go ahead and ship it to his house now. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead and give him the trophy. Well, who's the MVP? That's what I'm thinking. Neither. I can't think of an outright MVP as of right now. I mean, it is a quarterback award. Should they give it to the quarterback with the most passing yards? And that is Sam Howell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see what you, you did. You like there. that? Yeah. You like that? That's right. MVP. Sam Howe. Sam Howe. Going to be the first player to win an MVP with a losing record and his team didn't make the playoffs. Sam Howe. Uh, uh, how did the Ravens lose to the Browns? I swear that game was over. Yeah. Again, we go back to the question. Are the are the Browns a good team? you got to say they are at this point. They're 6-3 yeah. and three and they just won in Baltimore. Another question. Why did they stop handing the ball to Keaton Mitchell? Don't know. But first play, 39 to the crib. Second play, catch. To, to put them up three. To put them up 14 to nothing. Yeah, that game was over. <laughs> I took right. my dog for a walk, come back, check fantasy. Keaton had 14 points. It was beautiful. And then he ended the game with 14 points. 13. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, other things that stood out, awesome game in L.A. I, t- I called it a good game. Tony said it was a fraud good game. But any game involving the Chargers is going to be fun, whether they stink or not. 41 to 38 in overtime. Overtime. Uh, just kidding. Into regulation. By the way, I got on that coaching staff for the Lions. Could be a candidate for the Texas A&M job. Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, played college ball at uh, Texas A&M. So they might give him a look. The former New York Jet? The very one. Okay. Thank you for that. Just wanted to give you a little tidbit. Uh, let's see. Ed says, is this a joke? Oh. Uh, wait. I don't like that joke, Ed. I'm not reading that. Uh, Mike P said, the Pastronaut, Josh Jobs, is a great nickname. Pastro. So I, he was in aerospace, right? But what's the past? What am I missing? Josh uh, Past. Is he oh, a- uh, he's got a degree in, he's a legitimate rocket scientist. But what's the past part of it? The pastronaut. Oh, he throws passes. (laughs) I wish you'd have put another S. Another S, yeah. That would have helped me out. I thought he was saying he was like a pastor. He's also. (laughs) I thought you were struggling on the uh, not part. No, I got that. Okay. okay. I missed the past part, but thank you. Uh, I thought it was saying he he I had a degree in religious studies and, you know, astrophysics. That's a very. 
intriguing job. Pike's got a brag from the weekend. He made it to B's before the barbecue ran out. Oh, congratulations. That happens every day. CL said, my good news is I'm still alive and survivor. Uh, ours ended this week. Congratulations, CW. He's, CL and uh, CW getting it done. He is our survivor. Although we might crank it back up. CW has said we should do from now to the end of the playoffs, the Super Bowl. So there's a strategy to it. Do you take good teams now? Because if you, if there's a playoff matchup and you don't have a team left, you take an L. So do you try to take non-playoff teams now and wait? Or do you just take good teams and hope everybody else misses out? Are you guys interested in getting in? I'm interested, yeah. Okay. I'm looking at the last. We still have the list from last time we did it. Hmm? We still have the list from last time we did Survivor. Who did? Pirate Radio. Uh He's talking about the, the Survivor that we do on the show. That he, we're talking about sur- NFL Survivor. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying I still have the list. All right, never mind. You're talking about something totally different. All right, cool. Okay, cool, cool. All right, uh, Mike P. said Ravens lost because they gave Keaton one carry in the second half. You are correct. Chad says, good news is I'm alive. Chad, that is always Amen. good news. We are here. Josh said, sorry about your team clip, but they did make me some money live betting them. Don't huh. care. I wish I could say the same thing. Do not care. I I knew they – I didn't think they would win. That was a, that was a fun game. Uh, fire Jack Del Rio. My sentiment remains the same. What about Ron? Uh, fire Ron. Oh, boy but he's such a good guy though give him a job in the front office somewhere keep him around but not as head coach all right let's take a break when we return si seymour joins us to talk pirate hoops also brian bailey in hour two jason nichols in hour three a giveaway and a whole lot more on the way oh 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 no i think it's an underrated print song We'll take a break, come back, and have more for you after this. Oh, yeah. I think they're ready. Yo, drop that on them. Turn that TJ off! Turn that TJ off! What's up, like this? Cousin, ready or not, here I come. You can't handle. I'm gonna find you and take it slowly. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit carolinacalibercompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Greenville Utilities Neighbor to Neighbor program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with their utility costs, and you can make a difference. Your tax-deductible donation can be added to your GUC bill each month, or you can make a one-time donation and GUC will match all donations up to $20,000 each year. Consider helping a neighbor with GUC's Neighbor to Neighbor program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty, back with you. Hour 2, Victory Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Rock, Shirley Rhodes, Joey, Sean, big dog around here somewhere. Ellerby. You know what's better than talking to Sasi more? 
Uh, I can't imagine anything's better than that. Talking to Cy Seymour when the Pirates are undefeated at 2-0. You know what? You're wrong. And by that, I mean you're exactly right. <laughs> oh, goodness me, oh my! Uh, so, let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live Line. Talk to the color analyst for Pirate Basketball on ESPN+. Plus. He is Cy Seymour joining us on this Monday. Cy, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Kip. How about you, man? Doing good. And uh, coming off a football and basketball win on Saturday. So it was a fun Saturday to follow along what was going on with ECU Athletics. And in Menchie's Coliseum, Cy, East Carolina jumped out on Campbell. Big start to the second half as well to kind of push their lead to 20 and beyond. And almost coast to a victory. And, and we'll talk about that the final eight minutes or so in a moment. But how about the way they responded defensively after Mike Schwartz was not too happy with them? Uh, after the Ferrum win, what'd you think of their effort on Saturday in the win over Campbell? Well, you could tell the preparation, and that's why you play early games like that. And the coaching staff did a really good job of preparing for Listen, Campbell's a tough team to play. They're well coached. 11 years he's been there. And, and, and the thing about it is that style of play is like playing the wishbone. And ECU did a tremendous job of getting prepared to play that game. And the kids came out hungry and set the tone from the beginning. They just did a really good job being physical, getting in plat passing lanes, and, and it showed the entire ball game. So, yeah, everything went well for the Pirates. And game one side was Brandon Johnson with 28. Game two, it was R.J. Felton with 30. So uh, we've kind of got a, a bit of a big three with R.J., with B.J., and with Ezra. Uh, but how about R.J. Felton's performance the other night? A very efficient 30 points, 10 of 17 from the field, made all his free throws, hit four from behind the arc, and also added 11 rebounds and three steals. Well, yeah, exactly. His game, he let it come to him. He didn't force and, and just did a good job all day long. When you get to be a little upperclassman, things like that happen. I thought, I thought he played on a level that's really scary good. I mean, he hit the short jump shots when he needed to. He knocked down threes when he needed to. He got some pivotal rebounds when they needed them. I mean, some put-back rebounds. He did a lot of good things. But you said something really important, too. Brandon Johnson, uh, also the upperclassman, you know, he hit two big threes from about the 16-minute mark in the second half to about the 17-minute mark, and it broke it open. In other words, ECU had a really good lead going into halftime, but that broke it open to 18, and they just changed after that. So the two guys that have been there the longest really stepped up and hit big buckets to, to lead their ball club. And I, I remember Brandon's really well because he missed the first jumper, but ECU got the rebound, kicked it back out after a little bit of running offense. He knocked down the three, and yeah. he hit another three a little later. And that's what you do. He didn't worry about missing. He, he went back to make the shot. He's confident. He's really tough. And, and listen – R.J. Felton's playing on a different planet. I mean, he's really playing well. Unbelievable. But overall, it was a, it was a team victory. Uh, you go back to what you were saying. Campbell averages 12 turnovers a game. They had 12 in the first half. Uh. East, and, it, and it wasn't because – it was because of ECU. It wasn't that they were, they were playing lackadaisical. It was that ECU was in your face 
playing great defense, and that's a credit to the coaching staff. Yeah, 14 steals as a team for the Pirates. You mentioned R.J. and his mid-range side. As a, uh, an, an old basketball guy like yourself, do you, that is a, a lost art in basketball almost. But, man, R.J. loves that mid-range. He's so good at it. And he's Yeah, and he can elevate above big people. Yeah. That's what's amazing about what he does. He he he's he's got the entire game, uh, and and his career uh, he he works at it. He he ne- I, I said this. Uh, I talked to him this summer. I said, you know, the great thing, RJ, is we got several guys that can come in and give you a breather, and you won't get cramped like you did last year. He said, I don't want to ever come out. <laughs> Thirty eight minutes the other day, sir. So. <laughs> he said, I don't. Yeah, he said, I don't want to ever come out. That's what he told me. That, that was this summer. I said, you gotta love that guy. That's that's what you want to hear out of him. And, he he really did a good job uh, all day long, and that's the kind of game he's got. So, good win for the Pirates. Yes, sir. Cy Seymour joining us. A question I meant to ask you last week before game one, Cy, and I, I got off the air and said, man, I forgot. We saw this scenario on Saturday. I was going to ask you, who gets the last shot at the end of a shot clock, at the end of a half, at the end of a game? And uh, we saw it at the end of the first half. A uh, nice kick over to RJ for the three at the horn. But do you think that that changes game to game? Will it be Brandon some? Will it be RJ some? Or do you think they have a guy they want to have uh, with the shot? Will, will it be... You you know, Pettiford or Walker, maybe on an isolation. Uh, what do you think they do in late clock situations this year? You know, I think, and, and I'm, I know exactly what you're saying because you're, you're looking at that in, at the end of a shot clock. I mean, you know, it's going to happen a lot of times how you handle it. Uh, I would think right now it's probably R.J. Felton, but it could be Brandon. It depends on matchups. But the other guy that emerged the other day and, – and, is is a Pettiford, yeah. Bobby Pettiford. Bobby Pettiford played on a different level the other day uh, because he's been hurt. You have I've been there to watch him. I knew he was good in high school, but watching him play the other day, he he's got a he's got a different gear uh, that can go to, and so can Ezra. Uh, so you got a lot of guys that can finish, but you usually, and you know this clip, you usually go to the upperclassmen down the stretch that you've been with and know. And I would say R.J. right now, but I, but listen, it can change with who's guarding who, where you are. It might be a straight-out pass to the post, and, and it's Brandon Johnson finishing. You, you just don't know. But the bottom line is ECU has a lot of weapons, and that will emerge. I'm sure they're working on shot clock when you're down to 5, 10, whatever you are. What are you going to run? And we had not had enough of it yet to see it. Cy Seymour joining us. I, I felt bad, so I almost spoke this into existence. I'm looking at the game log now, and it was around that 11-minute mark, and East Carolina is up by 25 points. And we were doing our, our football pregame live on Saturday, and I said, man, if this game ended right now, Mike Schwartz uh, is going to be very happy in the postgame with what his team did. You just hope they can finish it out and don't get sloppy at the end and let this game get any closer. And I swear, right when I said that, it started to happen, and a 25-point lead uh, ended up becoming a 14-point win. And you had a lot of foul calls there down the stretch. But uh, how was uh, Coach Schwartz after the game? Was he he had to be pleased with at least the first 30 minutes side? And, you know, got a little, maybe a little sloppy there late, but uh, pretty much a, a full effort from the Pirates on Saturday. Well, I, th- I think the rhythm of the game got taken away. And, and, and sometimes officials have bad days. These, this is a top crew now. This was a top crew, but I thought there were some really tough calls both ways, but it seemed as though 
ECU got the lower end of that deal. I mean, and and, and look, these are good officials. They came over at one point. They came over. Uh, I can't. I think it was Walker, and and this. Well, I'm not sure. Anyway, he he's dribbling down. They just got to read. ECU's got the lead. They're getting ready to stretch it. Uh, Del Orso comes over to guard him, and the official calls a foul for pushing off. Yeah, I, it, I think it was Walker. It might have been. It was either him or Dabunje. Uh, so. Dabunje. Yeah, it, it was, yeah. I think it was Dabunje. You're right. Anyway, so we're looking on replay, and truthfully, Del Orio, he fouled. Del Orso fouled Dabunje, and he, he didn't. He moved his arm out of the way because he was getting fouled. Right. Yeah. He didn't hit him in the face. So they, the officials came over to us and said, it's just going to be a personal foul on Dabuja. And I'm thinking, it, it, should have been a, it should have been a foul the other way. Yeah. Back, and then there was one off the ball in the paint. There was no need for that call, and it went against ECU. But but look, I'm biased. I'll have to tell you that. I, I'm biased in a lot of cases. But when I looked at it on replay, I just didn't see how it went. And when you look up at ECU for the day uh, at home, Shoots eleven free th- throws, of which six or seven were in the last minute and fifty-one seconds. All right. Okay. So you shoot five free throws all day, and the visiting team shoots twenty-eight. That's just really rare. Uh, they score twenty-one points from the line. That, that's unusual. <laughs> the home team who who scores, you can just look at it, six. Well, I was joking the first game against Ferrum so I said, man, are we getting the Duke and Carolina treatment? We're getting all these free throws. All right, I like this. And, boy, that flipped quickly in game two. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We got everything in the first game. Yeah. And this game, uh, and but give credit to Campbell. They've got a good head coach. He's working it hard as he can work it. And ECU's playing physical. I get it. I get all that. But it seems like close calls just happened to go the other way that night. Cy Seymour joining us. Cy, uh, let me ask you about a couple of the young guys and uh, haven't seen Sear Malanga and I uh, didn't see uh, to Corey Faison either on Saturday. And is this something where Coach is uh, going to kind of let these, these freshmen get their feet wet situation and um, maybe bring them along slowly, I guess? Well, I think, I'm not sure about Faison. He, he, had, he missed a couple of practices that week. He did not come to practice. Hmm. So I don't know what the true story is on him. I, I just don't know where we are with him. So he wasn't he wasn't there Saturday. Uh, then, uh, but the other kids, it's just not been the right time yet. It just just hadn't worked out. But I'm thinking that's what's wonderful about this three games in a row coming up in that tournament. Yeah, you're going to have to use some bodies. I mean, it's three days of playing, and so you're going to have to use a lot. A lot of guys are getting going to get baptized by fire. Uh, just because you need depth. And ECU's got good depth, but this will help them to use those two kids. It's going to be interesting. And listen, again, I, I know they like the way the big men are developing, but they're just not there yet. I mean, it, it just takes a while. It kind of feels like a baseball series, side where it's like, all right, do we use RJ uh, eight innings on Friday when, or Sunday when he's got to come back and pitch again on Monday? So, yeah, it is interesting to see how they divvy up the minutes, even starting from game one of that tournament for ECU. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, 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 the, the starting lineup was a good lineup, and that that was a change. You had Pettiford at the point, you had Walker at, at the uh, three, you had uh, Johnson at the four, Ozar at the five, and then you had uh, 
uh, R.J. Felton at the two. That was a, that was a yeah. That, that lineup it, came out and, and they smothered them. I mean, they did a nice job. You think we is is Coach Schwartz just kind of tinkering here early in the year, just kind of trying to find that perfect five to start the the first half? I think so. Yeah, I think, he, I think he's looking too, just like everybody else, and, and and that's just part of how you play the game. I mean, it's. <laughs> I think ECU, you know, and you know, I'm sitting here. Ozar did two or three really big time. He got two. He got two offensive rebound putbacks. There were times where it was down to twelve or fourteen, and he gets it and puts back up and in. How about the coast to coast side where he just took it himself? That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. That was, he can run like a deer. I mean, but we really, I think, if you're looking at ECU, they really want to get him in the post area, and and, the, and he hit a three. Yeah, three ever. I mean, they're doing a lot of things. If you're looking at them, if you're trying, now you think about it, if you're uh, coming up in your upstate trying to rec- uh, trying to look how to guard them. And then, and Johnson, you're four and five, hit three threes. You know, I mean, Azair hits a three. Brandon hit three or four threes, and you're saying every one of them can shoot. You know, I mean, if you're the opposing coach, you're going to have to get out. I mean, it, it is a hard team to when you when you look at them on paper, or look at them in, on film. You say, look, these guys are six eight, six nine. You got to get out there on them. It's, it's a, really it's a it's an interesting. It's a good thing for ECU, but it's hard to guard if you're the other team. Talking to Cy Seymour today on the Pirate Radio Live Line, uh, USC Upstate coming in on Wednesday. They were a CIT team uh, or CBI team last year. Um, lost to Indiana State in that. Uh, so far this year, they have played South Carolina, who East Carolina will see this year. Lost to them by 19. And hung with uh, with Jerry Stackhouse's Vanderbilt team. Lost to them by 7. Yesterday, uh, they won a game 106-48. to And that was against Piedmont International. So not sure what they bring to the table. But they just scored 106 points. So, so interesting team. Uh, battle-tested, rolling in here. And certainly won't be afraid of East Carolina. No, they won't be afraid at all. And the, and the thing that yeah, – it's Dave Dickerson who, who coached at Tulane. He's been in major programs all his life, played at Maryland. He's a really good coach. He's won back-to-back 10 games in, in the conference. So he's got them playing really well, and he's got some talent over there. And the other part of it is uh, when, you, when you look at their ball club, they're in a good league, and, uh, but they're in the, midst of the, midst of the, uh, in the middle of the league as far as where they're supposed to finish. But they'll be good. They've got athletes. They're good. Broadnax is a good player. You know, they got four or five guys that are average double figures. Uh, and uh, Bailey's a player. So it's going to be a good matchup. And, and look, like you said about uh, Stackhouse and the crowd over there at Vanderbilt, they were uh, they were ahead. I'm, I'm talking about Upstate was ahead by seven at the half. Huh. You know, in other words, they had the lead big at the half, and then they lost, you know, by seven or six, whatever. It was a good, ba- a good basketball game. So, look, Dixon's a good coach, and, and they'll be ready to play. Now, can you get your kids ready to play on Wednesday and, and get consistent of playing hard all the time? Cy Seymour joining us today. R.J. Felton hit the free throws to give the fans tacos on uh, Saturday. I'm just glad uh, the ECU women left some points for the men to get. How about their 100-point outburst last week? Kim McNeil's team, Cy. Yeah. She's doing a really good job with her ball club. They're confident. They're playing well. And uh, and, and you, can, you can feel it in the gym or in the Coliseum when you go in. I mean, you just feel 
when you when you hear their name, there's a there's a buzz about confidence of both programs. Yeah. Both programs right now uh, are really getting a different air in the in the Coliseum, and that's that's great for everybody. But give her credit; she's really got she's got the community behind it too, and I think that's so important. Both of them have the community, uh, the Greenville, Pitt County area, and our area. They're all. They've got support. Everybody's excited about what's going on. We'll see if they can keep up that intensity on the road tomorrow night at VCU. And then I know a lot of folks are excited about the South Carolina game coming up in Menjis, but I don't know how many people know uh, ECU plays a top 10 team next Monday at 1.30 in the afternoon uh, in a tournament. They will be playing Ohio State. So uh, some big games coming up for Kim McNeil's women's basketball Pirates. And Cy, you were able to call a basketball win Saturday, uh, get off the air, and then watch a Pirate football victory as ECU knocked off FAU. Boy, the defense was uh, phenomenal. One of the best defensive performances we've seen from this Pirate football team. Sacking the quarterback uh, just just uh, all over, flying around all over the place in the offense, and uh, Andrew Conrad did enough to, to give him the win. You know, it's funny that you say that. I, I got home enough in time to see the second half, and they were flying around. I mean, just doing a good job. And I remember when uh, Randall won the Southern Conference back in the early 70s. He ran a 4-4 defense. They were really good at it, and they were called the Wild Dogs. Because they flew around like a bunch of wild dogs. And I thought, my gosh, they're, they're like the wild dogs. I mean, they're all over the place. They're everywhere. They're attacking everything they can and did a tremendous job uh, all day. And how about the kicking game? I mean, you, how about the field goals? That's yeah. unbelievable. But, you know, Chip, Cliff, the thing that I look at, Cliff, is this. It's late. It's November. You've had a tough year. And you go on the road, on the road, and beat a pretty good conference foe. That's hard to do. That 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 shows well, you've still got your kids. Absolutely. The buy-in side. We talked about it even in the losses that they are still playing hard and and you know I just I feel I know you did too so I just felt good for the staff and the players because it's not like they're just sitting around uh, on their couch during the day they are working their tails off trying to get these wins and it was good that they finally got the results they've been working for. Well, exactly, and uh, believe me, I've been on the road with basketball, and our kids always give you everything they've got, and you usually don't win on the road, and those kids have given you everything they've got, and and, and that's what I love about East Carolina's teams. They they play hard all the time, whether it be Bill Herrian's teams or the football teams this year or Jeff Lebo's teams or Mike Schwartz's teams. They're going to give you everything, and to have them together and win a road game, in the, I always say this, a good win at home uh, is the conference win is a good win all the time. It's, at home, it's a good win. On the road, it's a great win. Yeah. Anytime you win a conference road game, it's a great win. It's hard to win on the road. Cy, uh, we're out of time. I don't want to talk much NFL today, but I do have a trivia question for you. Um, who is the leading passer in the NFL in passing yards this season? Uh. It's got to be our guy. I, I don't know. It's Sam Howe. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, he, he is the dominant player in the NFC East. Now, he just doesn't have enough around him. But right. He, he is. I mean, he and, – and uh, you know, yesterday I knew, we'd, I knew we'd be right in it. I knew we would. And he got us in it. Just time ran out. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, you can't do any more than he's doing. But And uh, I just see the future is bright for our, for our team in Washington. I just – 
I don't see anything going the other way. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're right, Sid. I hope you. But I did want to bring out that positivity that slinging Sam Howell uh, is uh, the leading passer in the NFL right now. Well, he is really tough, and and that, you know I said we'll tie it up, and he did. Yeah, he, he come back to field. <laughs> uh, good deal, Sid. Thanks for joining us. Have a great call coming up on Wednesday night, and then a whole lot of hoops coming up after that uh, with the tournament here in Minji. So a lot of uh, fun basketball. We appreciate you joining us today, Sid, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. Always good, Clip. Take care of yourself. Thank you. There is Sid Seymour joining us today. On a Victory Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live, we will take a break, come back when we return. BB, Brian Bailey will join us. We'll talk some football, some hoops, and more with Brian Bailey. Recap his trip to Boca Raton. That is on the way when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Monday. Back with you after this. Here I come. You can't handle. I'm going to find you and take it slowly. I said, Radio Live. Here I come. You can't handle. I'm gonna find you and make you one Hey, hey yo, now that I got sexy, walk away Those who correlate, they know the world vacate You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit carolinacalibercompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you have real estate questions about buying or selling residential or commercial properties? Are you curious about the current real estate market? Do you need a property manager for rental houses? ECU alum Scott Harris with REMAX and SD Harris Properties can help answer every question you have and show you a stress-free real estate experience that will be memorable and enjoyable. If you have real estate questions, Scott has answers. Call Scott Harris today at 347-1857. And Bud Light reminds Pirate fans to always stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Clip Rock here. Chandler Honeycutt to my left, watching Panthers videos on his phone. We mentioned earlier Andrew Conrad, AAC Special Teams Player of the Week. Not the only pirate to receive honors because Karina Gordon has been named the AAC Women's Basketball Freshman of the Week. So congratulations to Karina. They've got, I'm going to call it a big game Tuesday night because they're on the road at VCU and you hope they're not looking ahead must win game a because they have a tremendous trip ahead to the islands but b their next opponent after vcu is the seventh ranked team in the country ohio, ohio state. state so uh you hope they don't get called looking oh ahead. no yeah we don't need an oh no situation we need them to uh to take care of business coming up tuesday night in richmond oh no Let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live line. Joining us, Brian Bailey, WNCT Sports Director, host of the Brian Bailey Show. BB, how you doing this afternoon? Very well. How are you? Doing great. Coming off uh, two Pirate wins on Saturday. You witnessed one down in the state of Florida. And, Bailey, that defense uh, has been good for most of this year, and they were downright dominant on Saturday night. They really did. They controlled the line of scrimmage, and then late in the game, they got those sacks, and they just uh, 
they manhandled Florida Atlantic in that fourth quarter. So uh, it was good to see. I mean, you you could see you could see the relief on everybody's faces because obviously, yeah, obviously this game was eerily similar to a lot of games this year. And then when they had the fumble right off the bat and returned for the touchdown, uh, it looked really like, oh, here we go again. But luckily, uh, the player was out of bounds and it turned into a, after the review, got the ball back, and and then the Pirates were able to take control. And Conrad deserves a lot of credit, man. He knocked those field goals down. Pirates needed him, and uh, he got him, and looked confident doing so. And uh, Mike Houston uh, has confidence to put him out there. And I, I'm looking forward to the press conference tomorrow because a few weeks ago I went in there and asked Mike Houston about Conrad's misses in the Charlotte game. And tomorrow I get to ask him about some makes. So uh, the life of a kicker, you just never know what they're feeling. But, man, he was feeling it on Saturday. Had one from 40, one from 43, two from 46, and one from 47. Added up five for five, and now he's the American Special Teams Player of the Week. Brian Bailey joining us after the trip to Boca Raton. Uh, Bailey, how'd you enjoy that trip compared to some others this year? It was nice. I mean, they're all so quick. I mean, you're not there hardly long enough to do anything, but it was uh, it, it was quick. We went out uh, on Friday night and watched some games and hung out a little bit, and then Saturday, basically, you get up and watch a little uh, ESPN early on, uh, some game day type stuff, and then you you get on the bus and head over to the, uh, the stadium, and you know we were there last year, yeah. Um, and beat uh, USF, so they're two for two, two straight years. Pirates get wins at Florida Atlantic, and now Navy up next. Pirates in Annapolis and uh, getting ready for that option, which last year. The defense did fine against Navy. It was the offense that let the Pirates down. And we've kind of seen that. I mean, over the years, Navy has rolled up a lot of points. Also, our offense has struggled. It has just been tough to uh, to get any wins against Navy. But the Pirates have been better there than they have here at home against Navy. So, at least they got that going for them. And I get the feeling this is going to be kind of the same type game that Navy played against Charlotte, where basically Charlotte's defense handled Navy all game, but they gave up two long plays. And if the Pirates can – not give up the two, you know, the two long busts. I think they'll have a chance to stay in it. And I think that uh, Blake Harrell's had a good game plan for Navy defensively. And it's, I think somebody told me that Navy had gone back the last couple of weeks doing more option stuff because they were doing a little mixture of, of some stuff. And it really what didn't look like Navy at times uh, when I saw the uh, Charlotte game, Navy against Charlotte. But uh, it, still, it, it's difficult, and you have to prepare for it, you know, weeks in advance. I think the Pirates have. Brian Bailey joining us. Pirate Radio Live Line. Chandler said a moment ago off the air that Mike Elko deserves a look for that Texas A&M job. What a game that was in Chapel Hill uh, the other night. Was able to watch that after the uh, U.S. Sailor fifth quarter calling show. Bailey, you were probably traveling, but Duke really got screwed on some calls there late in the game. North Carolina able to win it in a wild one, uh, but that was a fun one the other night. Uh, what else? Anything else stand out to you about college football Saturday? over the weekend bailey had some teams face tests including florida state who got by uh miami uh michigan not much of a test against penn state pretty much dominated that game number five washington survived a scare from utah and oregon uh got a bit of a scare from usc but they were able to win as well yeah i thought the michigan game was interesting because all the things that are going on right now with michigan and you know not having their head coach on the sideline and they still and they're playing a very good Penn State team on the road, and I thought the way they controlled that game and and really was never in doubt. I thought that was that was interesting to see how good Michigan is, and I think that 
you know, I'm not saying they're a shoe in for the uh, playoff because they've got you know at least one good game coming up with Ohio State. But you got to think Michigan's going to be there at the end. And uh, I guess Jim Harbaugh will be too. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's if he sits out the two and he's eligible after that, but uh, the whole the whole thing's been kind of bizarre about the sign stealing and you know how you know how complex was the the plan to see, steal the signs and. I mean, Michigan's got enough talent to beat most people without stealing anybody's signs. But the bizarre thing to me is how everybody's acting like Jim Harbaugh died, and how Michigan is somehow the victim in all this now. Yeah, <laughs> they, they really turned it around on on everybody. That's, and, and you know, we in this world we live in, that's the key. Exactly. That's what you can. Yeah. It is a microcosm of the world where uh you do something and then somehow you uh you become the victim. It's uh it's a great great way to handle the situation. Victiming one oh one uh there in Ann Arbor. Brian Bailey joining us. Bailey uh had Riley Davis on the show earlier today on the Brian Bailey show talking pirate hoops and uh imagine you didn't get to see a ton of it on Saturday, but man, what a what a first 30 minutes for the Pirates. We just talked about it with Cy Seymour. Got a little shaky there uh, towards the end with, with some calls and everything. But East Carolina, they were up by so much. Uh, Campbell could go on a run, and it didn't matter. Pirates had that one in hand from really uh, the start of the second half. Yeah, and really in talking to Coach Davis today, I mean, I mean they're very pleased with their two games so far. They know that they've got to be better down the line. They've got to, you know, not a – I don't know how to say difficult schedule. They've got a busy schedule coming up. USC Upstate in the middle of the week, and then starting on the weekend, those three game uh, tournament things. I mean, the Town Bank Holiday Classic. You got Northeastern at two o'clock on Sunday. Then you got Georgia Southern Monday at six. Then Tuesday at six, you got Kennesaw State. So we're going to see a lot of basketball in a short amount of time. No doubt, and uh, we talked about it like a, a three a weekend series in baseball. How because R.J. Felton uh, doesn't want to come out of a game. He played thirty eight minutes on Saturday. How is uh, Coach Schwartz going to use him in that three game stretch? And uh, maybe we see more of the bench. But how about your big three, Brandon Johnson uh, with twenty nine game one, R.J. thirty game two. It's time for Ezra or another pirate to step up big in game three. But uh, man, we've seen some great individual performances so far. They really have, and, and you know we talked about it going in that that you know the whole idea is to get old and stay old, and they've got some experienced players now that that you know they know the business, know how to play, and they got some young kids that are coming up. So uh, I think so far they're very pleased. I know Coach Schwartz wasn't very pleased in the Ferrum game with his team's defense, but I think that they've got a chance to. Uh, they had two solid days of defensive practice before the Campbell game, and I think you'll see the Pirates play better and better defensively as we continue on. Uh, Bailey, I just saw a uh, a tweet come across that Ken Watlington retweeted uh, from Courtney Courtright, and it says uh, she's celebrating two wins from the RTD NAC Awards this weekend, and one was with Ken Watlington, first place TV Newsacre Team of the Year. So, uh, ah. congratulations to Ken, huh? Yeah, nice job. We uh, we we picked up one award for our bowl special. Nice. Uh, best sports special. We picked it up for our um, Birmingham Bowl special that uh, that Ryan Carter produced for us here at the station, and that Ken Watlington and I co-anchored together. So Bailey, you probably don't win any. You're probably like Belichick or Nick Saban, where they can't or Coach K, like they can't give you Sportscaster of the Year every year, so they give it to somebody else, right? No, they. they <laughs> I haven't won in a couple of years. It's hard to win. Uh, it's so subjective. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, so it's one of those things that 
you know, you just you, you put something in and uh, and and you, you hope. But uh, yeah, I won three straight years, which was very, I was very fortunate to do so. But the uh, last couple of years came up short. We we won uh, for touchdown Friday last year, so that was nice. We won this year for our bowl special, so I get a little win in there every once in a while. And Brian Bailey is indeed a Hall of Famer, George Whitfield Hall of Fame, right? Thank you, Coach Whitfield. Yes, sir. <laughs> he is a H-O-F-er. Brian Bailey joining us. Pirate Radio Live Line. How about them Cowboys? Uh, easy one on Sunday. Boy, the Cowboys have really blown some teams out this year. Yeah, and that's that's one of those things that, that you know, the Giants were pitiful. I mean, they, they just, I mean, offensively, they didn't have a whole lot at all. And that was just one of those, you know, the Cowboys have a couple of games in a row they, they'll be favored in, whether they win them or not. And they got to go to Charlotte this week to play the Panthers, and they, at Thanksgiving against your uh, Commodores, so uh, we'll go from there after that. You nervous about Thanksgiving? Always, man. I, that's the one thing, man, because you have the turkey and you have everything, and everything is great. You have the best time, and then Cowboys play bad, and you're like, oh, come on. But yeah. I would love to ruin Brian's Thanksgiving. I know that sounds ugly, but I would love for that to happen this year. I, go. I got a bad connection. I got a bad connection. <laughs> Just kidding. Bailey, uh, Riley Davis on your show. Also, uh, some high school football with the playoffs rolling on. Will Bland's like a regular on your show now. Yeah, yeah. he wants to stay a regular. Every time I've had him on, he's won the next week. And he wasn't favored in either one of those two games. But it was great to have Coach Bland on and uh, Brent Wooten, the head coach at Havelock, they have a great system down at Havelock. With you know, they've got three guys on the staff that have been the head coach at Havelock, and it's it's kind of it's bizarre in some ways, but it works, and uh, they're very happy with it. And they're a very good football team. Rose will have to play very very well to stay with Havelock this week. Yeah, Will Bland going to his old stomping grounds will be a good one coming up, and uh, you can see the highlights on a playoff edition of Touchdown Friday. Bailey, how many games uh, y'all covering Friday night? Uh, it's not. It's a limited schedule. I haven't written all of them down yet, but I know it's. It looks like it's going to be five or six. We got to figure out who across the state uh, is going to get anything for us. For example, Newburn plays at Cleveland, and normally we would get help from our sister station in Raleigh, but I'm not sure if they're doing anything. They changed their high school format this year to just do one game each week as their game of the week. So they haven't had a whole lot of help all year. Mm. But uh, we got Southwest Edgecombs at home, Havelock's at home, the J.H. Rose, which is big, Tarboro's at home. So you can see where there's four or five, you know, six games maybe we can get this week to touchdown Friday. BB, appreciate you joining us. If you missed it earlier, check out the Brian Bailey Show at 6 o'clock. Of course, it is available in podcast form on YouTube and Facebook as well. And you can hear it on these radio, uh, the radio side of things at six appreciate you joining us bailey and uh we'll see you soon man sounds good take care there is brian bailey joining us pirate radio live line um had some stats to consider from johnny stats a moment ago stat to consider to consider johnny stats says last season brandon johnson was the leading scorer in game one for the parts 24 points rj felton was the leading scorer in game two 23 points who will lead the team in scoring Against USC Upstate, if it goes like it did last year, Johnny says Quentin DeBunje DeBunje will lead the team in scoring because that is the order from a year ago. There is that. He also has a fact to contemplate. Fact to contemplate. Okay. Man, you need to do that on mic. It sounded so good. It's not going to sound as good this time. Fact to contemplate. Yeah, not as good. It was still pretty good. Brandon Johnson, the only player in the American to wear number six. DeBunje, the only player to wear number seven. Those numbers were previously not allowed. Do you know why those numbers would not be allowed? 
Uh-oh. Uh, Hold on. Chandler, do you know? No. Nah. All right. Educate this man. Uh, for officiating reasons, you can't put certain numbers up with one hand. So, so like, you go like this to say 15. Yeah. But if you got a number six. Yeah. Now you got to be, I don't know, what do you got to do? Six. I'm saying six. Six. <laughs> they write it out. Yeah, with it confused me. I saw a player, I think South Carolina, was wearing the number six. And he said, I'm the only number six in the country. And it had me thinking, so yeah. Hey, relax, man. You ain't the only number six. Exactly. We got a number six. There's a guy named Brandon Johnson. Ever heard of him? He mean mugs. He don't smile. And points. He points at people. And he also stares uh, stares into the camera. Were you I, filming that? Yeah. Were you a little scared? Uh, I kind of saw him coming. He just, but I didn't know he was going to get that close. That's funny you say that because he stares at people when they present their projects to in class. Like, in their eyes. <laughs> Why? Oh, was he looking at you? Today. <laughs> <laughs> Staring into I your soul? I had a 30-minute presentation with my group today. Good and, grief. Yeah, and he's one of those guys who sits in the corner. and uh, At least he's paying attention. I don't know if it was. <laughs> I, he I might just, be thinking about something else while staring down. It, it, it kind of seemed like he was trying to, like he recognized a few of the members in the group and he was trying to figure out who they were. Kind of stare. So yeah. is it a stare like this? Who is that man? Like a, What's that Joey doing? Yeah, exactly. Chandler, go ahead. Hold on, let me put the Scott cam on so you can get it right in the Scott cam. The Brandon Johnson stare. Oh, that's perfect. Brandon, smile for me. <laughs> all right let's take a break when we return we'll wrap up hour number two have more for you oh man I, I, I think i forgot something oh no oh no you oh, forgot something i forgot something oh goodness me oh my <laughs> actually i didn't i just wanted to hear that guy <laughs> We'll take a break and have more for you after this. No, no! You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit carolinacalibercompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all of your commercial or custom residential renovation and building needs. Run by ECU alumni, David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance on facilities, and large-scale residential renovations and additions david price construction the proud ecu home services partner call them today at 919-291-5532 or visit them online at davidpriceconstruction.com now let's head back into pirate radio live here is your host clip rock all right one item uh we left out of the fleet fee rundown our buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck the buck the buck if the playoffs started at this moment the bills are out uh, they have a chance to slide back in uh, with a win, but they are five and four right now. They play the Broncos coming up tonight on Monday Night Football. So Bills have been uh, shaky so far. 
this season. You've got some college hoops coming up, including at 6.30, it'll be Michigan taking on St. John's. Uh, ranked teams in action tonight, the U taking on uh, FIU at 7. Villanova and Penn will play at the Palestra in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Arizona, fresh off a win over Duke, will host Southern. Houston is number six in America. Jeff Nadeau said that is his uh, top team in America. Houston hosting Stetson. At 8 o'clock, number 14, Arkansas is against Old Dominion and Xavier, big underdogs at number two, Purdue in West Lafayette. So uh, that on tap tonight on the Buccaneer Music Hall School Board presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. ECU women in action coming up on Tuesday night on the road at VCU and the men back home Wednesday <laughs> night against USC Upstate. And uh, I will plan to uh, be there. We're going to push trivia back a little bit at AJ's Wednesday night. Tip off uh, about 9 o'clock. So head to Minji's and then come on over for an hour or so of trivia at AJ McMurphy's. We'll have a big Wednesday night here in Greenville. All right. Um, Chandler. Yo. I know you are having issues uh, with your Panther fandom at the moment. Yes. Unfortunately. Are you able to separate what the Texans and CJ Stroud are doing right now, or does that add to the misery? Nah, I really don't think about it. You can't. I, I'm, okay. worried. I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm. I'm focused on the quarterback that we showed. <clears throat> yeah. Go back in time. Yeah. Uh, pretty, I don't know. Tony Dunn's, uh says Frank Reich will be a one-and-done coach, and he is very concerned about Bryce. Yeah, what, are your, what are your feelings? I, well, I do believe if, I mean, if it continues to be this bad, if the Panthers cannot get any more wins the rest of the season – Frank Reich definitely has to be let go. I mean, there's no way in in the world that he stays after a one-win season, two-win season, whatever, after giving up so much to get the quarterback you wanted. But when it comes to Bryce Young, I am not giving up on him yet. Absolutely not. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in this league. But, of course, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's not played well. But he has shown flashes where you go, okay, that's why they picked him number one. But with this offensive line, that is no doubt in my mind the worst offensive line in the league. I showed you a, a picture uh, from the Colts game uh, a couple of weeks ago. Just the way the picture looked with four Colts in his face. I mean, he he has been under duress all season long, uh, and obviously you got to give him you got to get him a, a weapon, a go to receiver that a majority of the quarterbacks here in the league have. Um, so I'm not giving up on Bryce yet. Uh, you know, once he gets, you know, consistent pr- uh, protection, and he does get that piece that he needs to be successful. If he does struggle, then then that's when you have to be concerned. I think there's so many things around him that is going bad that it's hard to judge. Uh, you know, his performance. Every division has a team at least three games over 500 except for one and that is the nfc south you've got multiple teams in the afc north in the nfc east and the nfc west who are at least three games over 500 in the south the saints at the top at five and five so the south is what we thought they were 
and that's got to be frustrating for panthers fans too yeah. because a couple more wins you're in the race you're in the race yeah you're right there and that's why when we won against the texans you did have some hope because the the nfc south is bad and it's actually becoming it, it, it's tiring because it seems like every year uh, traditionally the nfc south is the laughing stock of the league how many times has, has it been where the winner of the division didn't even have a winning record yeah that's you called know? the ron rivera special he's done that with my team and your team so i mean it seems like every year you say all right let's look at all the divisions who's the one that's the biggest joke and it seems to me it's always the nfc south so i don't you know i'm i'm, I'm kind of glad that we're bad because you you're not out of it right away um but with the Panthers being so so bad and especially being so bad offensively and having some key injuries on the defensive side of the ball, um, there is no hope. So it is what it is. Jansen says the Stroud thing is a bogus debate. Two situations that are nothing alike. Bryce is the furthest thing from the problem. It's a top-down issue, starting with Tepper. Okay. So you think if they swapped right now, what would the records be? Mm-hmm. Panthers win at least one or two more games. Absolutely, we're at least. Got, you can't we say got, we got like we got like maybe four wins. I agree, Jansen. Like it's not the only thing we should be talking about is who the Panthers drafted and didn't draft, but it is part of the equation. Stroud, they're talking on ESPN about him being an MVP candidate. Yeah, do you think he just completely sucks if he's a Panther right now? He might. I, I don't know what the O line situation is for Houston. Maybe he's getting more time, but it would. I think you'd feel different right now if you had Stroud and not Bryce Young. Uh, Jamie says the Panthers need to sell to Dan Snyder. That would clean up a lot of things, Jamie. <laughs> I'm hoping Dan Snyder is. I'm hoping Dan Snyder's like you know what I had fun with being the owner of a football team and a football team that I grew up liking. Nah, man, he's got the itch. He wants nah, to get back in man. it. And you think he would own a team that he doesn't even like? Yes, he was. He's, he, he's going to be a make a Panthers into a winner. What is Dan Snyder doing right now? If I was a Panthers fan and Dan Snyder bought the team, you know what I would say? Oh no! Oh no! I'd say, oh goodness me, oh, oh my! No. Oh no! <laughs> Let's take a break. Oh goodness me, oh my! When we return, Jason Nichols joins us in the Pirate Radio studios. We will talk about the Pirates winning a football game. That and more on the way. Hour three will also make you a winner. More to go. Pirate Radio Live on a Monday after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection for outdoor shooting sports and accessories and is one of the top uh, firearm dealers anywhere. At Carolina Caliber, they have everything you need for 
hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wide variety for ladies and youth. They will buy, sell, and trade. Carolina Caliber, locally owned and operated since 1960 on Fire Tower Road in Winterville and at carolinacalibercompany.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Victory Monday. Man, good to come in here after a Pirate win. Pirates knocking off FAU on a Saturday. Jason Nichols was alongside on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. And he joins us here on a Monday. Jason, how you doing, man? Man, doing good, Clip. How about yourself? Doing great. Good to get that win number two. And now you look at these next two games and uh, very winnable. Pirates three-point underdogs against Navy. They got Tulsa the last week of the season. That kickoff time announced, by the way, it'll be 2 o'clock for the uh, regular season finale and the season finale for ECU. So noon this Saturday, 2 o'clock for the Pirates the following week. And, uh, and man, we are here at the end of the year already. It, sometimes it drags. Sometimes it seems like it flies by. This one looked like it flew by to me. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but God. It's pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, again, I said this on Saturday. I wish it was like week four and we were talking about this team getting a win because yeah. it, it'd give you some some hope and some, I don't know, thoughts of a bowl and, and all kinds of stuff. But uh, fortunately, we ran out of time on that, Chandler. Yeah. Um, Had the Pirates been favored besides the Gardner-Webb game? Charlotte. We were favored against Charlotte? I would think so. Okay. I was going to say, if we get a win this week, What's the chances of the Pirates being favorites against Tulsa? Were they dogs against Marshall? See, I can't remember. Um, I want to, man. I want to say we were dogs against Marshall. Yeah. I think you're right on that. I I think we'll be favorites against Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what this Navy line does right now. Yeah. As we get closer to kickoff, but uh, yeah, it has been a year where. Uh, by the way, the Pirates are a cover machine all of a sudden. Yeah. Was that three straight? <laughs> yeah. Three straight covers. Three straight covers. For East Carolina following the loss to Charlotte. Yeah. We had the backdoor cover that Nadu did not like against UTSA. That's right. So. Hung with Tulsa, uh, Tulane. Yeah. And then uh, outright winner as a dog on Saturday against FAU. Sure, let's hear a little audio. Let's hear uh, some of Mike Houston after the game on Saturday. What's your reaction to the big win? We're going to try this more often. <laughs> uh, what, what a great win. Uh, great win, win for those kids in the locker room. I'm telling you, it's, uh, everybody's not there every day at practice. They don't see how much these kids have continued to invest, how they continue to fight and, and work each day and be ready to play every Saturday. And they, they deserve that tonight. And it's just a, an incredible feeling in that locker room right now for them. And uh, just so, so happy for them. You know, we had a huge contingency of Pirate Nation here tonight in the in the corner end zone uh, of the stadium. Uh, and it was, you know, they were loud in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was incredible. After the game, down there with our player, our players went down to them after the game and, you know, a great celebration. And, I mean, it's, it, you, you'd think you're back at home. And it, so I just really appreciate the fans that made the trip down here to uh, to support the to support the uh, the student athletes and, um, and just, you know, I just, I'm so proud of the way they battled all night. How about that defense all night long? We, we knew we were going to be challenged tonight. I mean, that offense put up uh, right at 500 yards last week, 40-some points against a very good UAB team. And they have all year uh, the top receiver in the country. Um, so we knew we were going to have to play our best tonight, and, and certainly we did. And it all starts with our front. I mean, our defensive front was dominant tonight. and We, we felt like we could be. 
Uh, we talked about we had to be the most physical team in the stadium tonight, and uh, and our defensive front really, you know, in the run game and the pass game got after them. And I know you, you look at the pass stats, you said, well, you really held the – but I'm telling you, one of the big keys was their inability to run the football in the first half, and really the game became one-dimensional. Mike Houston, after the game on Saturday night, I joked last week and on the pregame that – all right, 13 points is too much to allow. We tried that against Tulane, and, and there was too many. We couldn't overcome it. Uh, let's get it down to 10 or 7. They got it down to 7, Jason. And, and I mean, just an incredible effort by the defense the other night. No, no doubt. The defense has been playing that way all year, but you're right. You know, you, you knew we had to hold them pretty low just to give ourselves a chance with the way we had been operating on the offensive side. So it's good to see the special teams come up and make a big play that set the offense up in good position. And then they were able to capitalize on that. And and then um, we've had some opportunities where the offense kind of put the ball in position to be able to kick those field goals. That was a good, good job there. So overall, a complimentary team win. Let's hear from uh, one of the heroes, maybe the hero, Andrew Conrad, five for five kicking field goals the other night here he was after the victory in the year he's really you know coming into it now he's playing on multiple spec you know school records that kind of thing uh yeah i just found out that i broke the school record it feels amazing i mean i wish i would have got that sixth one like coach was saying earlier uh but i'm glad to help out the team in any way i can Coach always talks about your demeanor. You played safety in high school. You don't get rattled. I mean, kicking's hard because you're the hero or the goat. Tonight, obviously, you're the hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's very mental. Uh, you got to be mentally strong. Uh, it's just good to bounce back from previous games that I've had, like Charlotte, where I went over two and stuff like that. It's good to get back on the right track that I know I can be on. When you get your first one, I think that first one was 46, and you're in a, a different stadium too. I mean, how much is that that first field goal going through just? What, is, what does that do for you? Oh, it gives you a huge confidence boost. I mean, once once you make that first one, it's like all the pressure just falls right off you. And then, you know, I, 47, another 46. I mean, they're long kicks. I mean, like, I guess what's going through your mind when you're lining up? Uh, I mean, when I line up, I kind of just zone out, and my only thought is just got to put it through. What was it like? Feeling all the love from your teammates tonight. I saw after you ran, after you made that last one, they all just kind of came around and jumped on you. Yeah, it was great. Um, they're always like that, even in practice and stuff like that. Love all the guys. Appreciate them for supporting me and celebrating with me. Like when the offense is going, you see they're near the 30, you're, you're just thinking like, all right, like time to get ready, like time to get going. Yeah, basically, like in my head, it's just my time to shine. Got to go do my part for the team. How fun is it? I mean, obviously to get this win, but for you guys, just it seems like the team's sticking together pretty well too. You know, yeah, the team team chemistry's great. Locker room's great. Everything like that. All right, Andrew Conrad feeling good after his five for five effort the other night uh, in East Carolina's victory over FAU. And as he said, you know, you can go from zero to hero and and the other way uh, quick if you are a kicker. I asked Mike Houston at, at the press conference a few weeks ago about his two misses against charlotte i'm looking forward to going in there tomorrow jason and saying hey how about your guy five for five uh uh that one's a lot easier to ask than than the 0 for two against charlotte but man good to see him rise to the occasion no i tell you what that that's huge you know i I heard him say he played a different position in high school too which gives him you know the ability to put certain things behind him and, and go focused on the next kick and to have that mentality and be strong enough to do that 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 is that is a credit to him because sometimes kickers can get in their own way to get in their own head and they can become your own worst enemy. But uh, that kid has done a good job of bouncing back and had a great game on Saturday. 
I've uh, I've asked players in the past. Tony Collins, uh, I think, said that kickers aren't players, and he didn't know who his <laughs> kicker was. But I think that's kind of Tony being funny. How about you, Jason, as a player, and then as a position coach, whether you're coaching running backs or receivers, how much interaction during a season do you even have with the kicker? Um, you know, as a player, pro- you know, a little bit. You know, you had a little bit of interaction with those guys because see, they they kick at certain times in practice where. You, you won't even see them. They're on their own, right? They're on their own. Yeah. And so uh, until we come together and work a special teams, that's when you'll see them. And if you do that early in practice, then you don't see them the rest of practice. But uh, as a coach, um, yeah, you come to you, you come to rely on those guys a little bit. But man, I always say it's 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 a crapshoot. <laughs> Sometimes when you when you turn it over to that kicker, uh, you hope that he's a guy that's used to handling pressure and and he's you know because he can go out there and hit. 10 of them in practice and you feel good about it and come right. there and miss that one in the game you're like my god dog we saw you make 10 of these in practice <laughs> i feel like fans will get on kickers certainly am i right in saying like players if a guy makes it you'll mob the guy and give him a five and love yeah. him and if he misses i'm sure you're upset but it's almost like hey we should have done more to score a touchdown and not have to worry about him yeah. kicking the ball well that and you don't want him to lose his confidence because yeah. you're probably going to need him again sure you know yeah. and so as a player you kind of just say hey get the next one you know although you know sometimes it's, it's you want to say more but you, know, <laughs> you don't want to kill his confidence out there especially even as a coach you know and um but you know, the fans can they can be unforgiving in those situations. Well, you know what I want to see? I want to see the kicker getting in the receiver's face after he drops a pass. <laughs> hey, man, what are you doing out there? <laughs> That's something we haven't seen. I want to see that guy. Uh, that might be bad for have you team chemistry. At, have you looked at kickers? Yeah. <laughs> not the biggest guys some of the time. Yeah, you, know you might be so right. They may not want to walk up into somebody's face like that. Sebastian Janikowski is about the, one of the biggest ones yeah, he, uh, back he in the day. Big. He was a big dude. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, let's hear from Gerald Green. I can get used to Gerald Green scoring a touchdown back to back weeks with uh, Mr. Green finding pay dirt. And here's what he had to say after the win. Talk about what it means to get a win like that. It means a lot to us, just knowing just the work that we put in over time, and just with our rec- with our record shows, and knowing that we just continue to work every day. So getting that win for us is it's, it's big. Was there ever a thought, because it, it was eerily similar to so many games this year until the fourth quarter when you guys dominated, but in the third quarter, was anybody thinking like, you know, we got to turn this thing up because we've seen this before? Yeah, it was high energy uh, each quarter um, with us knowing that we got to win the fourth, like Coach, uh, Coach tell us to do. It was, just, it was high energy all over. Now, you scored touchdowns back-to-back weeks now. I mean, how are you feeling? Are you kind of feeling in a groove a little bit right now? Yes, sir, I am. Uh, it feels good knowing that just the work that I put in and just – being out there with my teammates and knowing all the work that we put in together and just finally getting the results that we wanted to see. On your, your touchdown run, I think it was 18 yards. I mean, it looked like you kind of zipped through some holes there. I mean, what did you see on that, that run? All green grass, all green grass. Yeah, the old line, I feel like, has been, been blocking really well the past couple weeks. They're getting a good push. I mean, can you sense that as a running back as well? Just oh, yeah. The boys get better each and every week. And I'm proud of them. Without them, we won't be able to do anything. Now, you guys have started fast each week. I know you guys have been scoring early. How, how good was it to score early and then keep that lead the whole time? It felt pretty good, just knowing the work that we put in at practice and just finally seeing the results. And Coach always talks about, you know, the whole team sticking together despite your record. I mean, can you kind of feel that out there today, that every, every game you guys are just, you know, pulling from the same end of the rope, I guess? Oh, yeah, each and every week. That's our main focus uh, every time we head out to practice and staying together, staying as one, keep, uh, keeping everything as a family. 
All right. How about that tennis match between Green and Patrick Mason? Just going back and forth. Shout out P Mace. Uh, enjoyed meeting Gerald Green last week for the first time. Uh, has a big smile on his face and a uh, good kid to talk to. And uh, glad to see him have some success. And I thought he was a little bit modest on the touchdown run because you pointed it out on Saturday, Jason. Yeah, he had some some room, but he also had to make a man miss. And that's the thing about a running back, at first finding that hole, and then can you make that guy miss? He did and uh, was able to scoot for six. Yeah, he did a good job of making that safety miss because that's the unblocked hat most of the times in any running situation. So he did a good job of that. Jason Nichols joining us in the Pirate Radio studios. We'll take a break, come back, and have more for you. Jamie has questions about Jason's Falcons. <laughs> we'll get to that and have more for you and make you a winner on a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. A lot more to go back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine has been caring for Pirate Nation and the student-athletes at East Carolina University for more than 35 years and are the official team physicians for ECU. Orthopedics East provides a variety of general and specialized operative and non-operative orthopedic services to meet the needs of the patients of Eastern North Carolina. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit orthoeast.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Checking in with the YouTube chat gang, our buddy Randolph says, what's up? Hit those likes and says a few more games. They are definitely winnable. Let's keep this winning thing going. We're with you, Randolph. Hope you're having a good Monday. Mike P said, where did Coach get that lid? Did you get that hat? UBE. All right, University Book <clears throat> Exchange, right next door. Our neighbors here yep. at Pirate Radio. Uh, Jamie had a question. He says, do you think after the last game of the season, ECU was saying, thank God the season's over, or man, I wish we could keep playing? I think that depends on who you ask, right? You got seniors that probably aren't ready to – to give it a uh, give it up yet you might have some that are saying all right let's move on to next year uh so how about it's a it's different for different perspectives right jason yeah and i think you win the next two they probably say let's keep playing yeah that's what <laughs> i was know? gonna say <laughs> kind of depends on how you finish here if yeah. you end the season on a three-game winning streak you definitely want to keep playing want to keep playing yeah so a uh, different answer i think from different folks and depending on these circumstances these last couple of games um also <laughs> Eric said, "Hey Jason, a roided out Todd Sauerbrunn would like to have a word with you." <laughs> I guess there were some. Uh, there are a there few. There's always an exception to yeah. everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, though, he's right. Um, let's see. 
Uh, Jason said, uh, or excuse me, Jamie said, Jason's Falcons are free-falling. I really thought they could win that division. Arthur Smith sometimes seems to outsmart himself with play calling. I feel like we've talked about that before. Man, I mean, the last three games, the Falcons should have won. The last three. We should be running away with that division right now. <clears throat> but Here you are. Hey, the good news is you're still in it. You're like a half game back or whatever. Yeah, but I'm, I, I think it's like what Chandler said. The last few years, the winner of that league has had a losing record. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought, well, you know what? When Heineke went out, I was like, this is what they need. They need the backup to come in, which is Ritter, who I think ran in a touchdown, right? But uh, coming up short. So Heineke's always good coming off the bench. He's not good as a starter. He's one of those guys. So they just got a uh, situation where they don't have their guy. They were giving Ritter a shot this year. I will say Washington, um, who's not very good, obviously, it was kind of a show-me year for Hal, just like it was Ritter. And I think Hal is showing he can be a starter in the NFL, whereas Ritter did not. He has been benched. So you don't have that QB, man. It makes things a lot tougher. Man, it makes everything a lot tougher. And uh, you got to be perfect when things aren't going that way for that quarterback. So I don't know. I, I would suspect they're probably – I don't know if they're going to – have an an opportunity to truly go out and get a franchise quarterback this year. I don't know where we are as far as uh, uh, where we would be at drafting in the first round because they're just good enough to where they're not getting that that, that high pick. But uh, we definitely need a quarterback. We got too much talent on that offensive side of the ball for the the Falcons. All right, uh, breaking news. So Mike Mullis, one of the more serious guests we have here on the show, we like messing around and fooling around with Molly. Uh, on Halloween, they uh, asked, can we get Molly to wear a Mark Davis wig during the show? So Molly's a bald man. Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, has one of the most ridiculous haircuts we've ever it's seen. It's disgusting. <laughs> and uh, and somebody said, hey, if we give you a uh, hundred bucks and, and, a, and a wig, will you wear it? And Molly was like, well, yeah, I'll wear it. Sure. Well, guess what? We just got the final $20 in. Wow. From who? Uh, from CL, who throws in the last 20 It was uh, Steve, Jamie, Jamie, Chad. Eric M. Eric M. And, and CL have thrown in 20 Uh We have the wig here. We're going to have to cut it. But I, I guess we could – I think tomorrow maybe we cut it. I think we do it for our uh, finale on uh, next Tuesday because we're going to have next wednesday thursday and friday off so maybe and we got to make sure he's in studio what if molly got to make sure he's in studio either tomorrow or next tuesday but uh yeah we're all set to go for molly uh to wear a wig that's exciting yeah <laughs> i knew we were going to get there because we got to 80 on wednesday yeah so um i was thinking it would get to 100 quicker than that but here we are we got 100 and now we just got to cut it and put it on his head. There we go. All right. Good job, uh, chat gang. Well Triply done. Triply delicious. Thank you, Molly. See you tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Uh, scores from yesterday that caught the eye. First of all, C.J. Stroud and Houston winning in Cincinnati. Wow. Cincinnati had won, I believe, four in a row, three in a row. Yeah, they were. So they were hot coming off a win against Buffalo. And Stroud and company go in there and get the win. Very impressive. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, and rightfully so, are talking about C.J. Stroud and how good he's playing. He's playing great. I mean, they're talking about him being maybe the MVP 
of the season right now. He's definitely probably going to be the offensive rookie of the year. Is it not? Is people talking about how good of a job D'Amico Ryan's is doing? Not as much as Stroud. I mean, because I mean, D'Amico Ryan's a former Houston Texan. I just I feel like he's not getting enough love. I mean, he's doing such a great job turning that uh, that franchise around. You want to give him some flowers? I want to give him some flowers. Give the man some flowers, Chandler. <laughs> Amazing job, year one. I agree. He, he's doing a heck of a job because they didn't have too many expectations going into the season. New head coach, rookie quarterback. I mean, what could you expect out of that, right? But he got he has them playing well. I picked the Niners on Friday. Didn't pick them to win by 31. Uh, they respond in a big way, coming off about yeah. 34 to 30 uh, to 3 against Jacksonville on the road. Very impressive win by San Fran. And then... There's always a game where you just stop following it because it looks like it's over. And Browns-Ravens was that game for me yesterday. I was shocked to see. And really, they had kind of a fluky pick six on a tip ball. And that, I believe, tied it up. Um, Or would have tied it up, but they missed an extra point, actually. So they were still losing. Uh, But they come back. They hit the the three at the end, the field goal. And they beat the Ravens. That is a head-scratching loss for Baltimore, who was really in control for all that game. No doubt. Um, I watched that last drive and and one of the last drives when Baltimore had the football and they didn't get a first down and had to punt it back to to the Cleveland Browns. I said, that's going to be a ball game. They're going to drive it down and kick the field goal, and sure enough. Keaton Mitchell, three carries, 34 yards, didn't get any work in the the second half. Had to catch for 32 yards. Uh, But great to see Keaton Mitchell find the end zone again. They were showing his father, I believe Anthony Mitchell, uh, during the game and showing that connection there. So good for Keaton. But, uh, hey, uh, Harbaugh, get him the ball in the second half. I mean, it worked. What are you doing? Uh, But once again, he is – that average up over 10 yards a carry at 11.3, that is what he does because he can bust a long one, and he did yesterday a 39-yarder for the Ravens. Uh, great win for the Lions. That was a wild one against the Chargers yesterday, and I uh, I like Detroit. I, I want to see them go far this year. Uh, David Montgomery had a long run. Jared Goff, 333 and two touchdowns in their win over the Chargers, who it doesn't matter if they have Phillip Rivers, Justin Herbert, Whoever their quarterback is, whoever their coach is, they are going to lose by three. They are going to play tight games. They're going to have a chance late, and they'll somehow lose it. It is incredible that this team just seems cursed with good players um, and and poor results. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the life in the NFL, man. I, I bet you most of these games, when you go back and look at them, it's, they're all pretty close. You'll have that occasional blowout where they yeah. overmatch. Well, yesterday we had five walk-off field goals, and I believe that was the most in NFL history. Yeah, uh, Texans over the Bengals. You had the Browns over the Ravens. Uh, was Cardinals a walk-off I, over the Falcons? I, I yeah, so. that was a walk-off. Lions walk-off. And then the Commanders score. Sam Howell, beautiful ball to De'Ami Brown for a touchdown. They tie it. And then the defense lets DK Metcalf go right down the field, and the Seahawks walk it off 29 26. A L- little bit off the beaten path. Have you been keeping up with the Braves and what's been going on with our coaching staff over there? Well, I know Ron Washington uh, went to L- LA, which yeah, I don't the like. Angels, yeah. yeah. And now the first base coach is going out there with him. EY? Yeah. Eric Young? <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, we're, we're starting to lose some coaches. You don't man. have any base coaches. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, so I think it was Mully that said, or somebody said Clayton McCullough, former Pirate, maybe 
he needs to make the move to a third base coach before he takes over as a manager because he's the first base coach of the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Let's get Clayton McCullough in Atlanta, put him at third, and then he can get that manager job. But, man, I love Wash, and I like Eric Young as a player. I think Eric Young, I think of uh, fantasy baseball in the 90s, and he's with the Rockies, and you wanted every Rocky you could get. I love D.Y. as a player and as a coach, but I didn't see that one, Jason. Yeah. But, but good for both of them. I'm happy for Ron Washington. Yeah, man, me chance. too. I love yeah. Wash. Well, I mean, it, for for a side, you know, for a base coach, he's probably one of the most known base yeah. coaches out there. Uh, you mentioned Clayton McCullough. His name's been tossed around for possible uh, managerial positions, not just this year, but in a couple of years. The last couple of years, his name has been uh, considered. So. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on in this offseason. Another, uh, not a managerial, but a player, Alec Burleson. Apparently, the Yankees are showing some interest in uh, doing a possible trade with Burley uh, between the uh, Cardinals and the Yankees, which I- I'm not sure if I want that to happen just because, you know, <laughs> nah. the whole facial hair thing. Yeah. You know, Burley clean shaven is not something. I think I want to see. Personally. I don't like the Cardinals. It's tough enough to root for them there. Yeah. I definitely don't want him on the and Yankees. I, yeah, and as a Red Sox fan, I definitely don't want him on the Yankees. So we'll keep an eye on that. But, uh, you know, some stuff is kind of heating up a little bit in the offseason for a lot of these teams. Uh, another thing Jamie said earlier, one of my biggest pet peeves is when a kicker hasn't kicked all day, comes in the last play to win it with a 30-yard field goal, and he's running around like he did something amazing. I disagree, Jamie. <laughs> Guy kicked the game-winning field goal. What, you not want him to be happy? What do you want him to do? Yeah. I mean... That might be one of his worst comments. Uh, you've had some bad takes. That's your worst, Jamie. That's, yeah. Get out of here. He just won the game. <clears throat> just the guy. You know, yeah, he's, yeah. Our, he's our everyday uh, everyday pirate radio listener and contributor <laughs> And he's a great commenter, but... Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame but, chatter. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's the kicker's job. I mean, he comes in and... Typically, in those type of situations, it's to go win the game. I'm glad he, he can win it. How about you rolling Hey, man, out? why are you so upset? Well, I haven't kicked all day, and the only one I kicked and made was the one that won the game. How about so. you roll him out there cold for a 49-yarder, and he misses it, and then you call him names? How about that? Like, that ain't fair. That ain't fair either. So, All right, Shirley, here's what y'all have done. Y'all have sat here done nothing all day except listen to the show, and now we're going to give something away, and you're going to win and run and around. And I hate that. And run around like you did something. <laughs> And I hate that. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Ain't done nothing all day. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. I mean, you haven't picked up your phone and called anybody all day. You're going to call the radio station and win. And you're going to win and then act like you did something. 317 1250. Give it away. Shirley, what are we giving away? Lunch for two at Tiebreakers. That can be yours. Oh, man. That waffle burger changed my life. Dude, I might have to get that. that looks Joey, really good. I will tell you, while you were eating that waffle burger, that dude was straight up drooling over here because he was just, he was like, I should have ordered that. He had lust in his eyes. I, it, it was a little embarrassing. No. I, I was like, I, I was very uncomfortable sitting next to him with all that drool. Waffle burger, I certainly recommend that. JNet goes with the shrimp underrated on the menu yes sir and you've gotten it all year so i guess you enjoy it i enjoy it <laughs> uh eight. One... eight eight oh no caller number eight three one seven twelve fifty oh we got to play that for jason when we come back the announcer call of the weekend goodness we'll do that. oh me oh my <laughs> we'll do that and have more for you when we return after this
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 36 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit online at qualityequip.com to find the location near you. And the Buccaneer Music Hall has all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday you can kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TVs so you don't miss a game. They'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, Chandler, you hit up the Buck yesterday. You did? Did you, uh, who won the jersey? Um, it won't me because I won't there. No, you have to be present to win. And the winner was, I mean, I can't remember. How does that work? Do you just like put your name in a hat get or a something? Get, get a, a raffle, raffle ticket. ticket. Okay. And, uh, the past couple of Sundays, it's been me announcing the, uh, the winner. And I was able to announce Clip Brock as the winner last week of one of the goodie bags. That's right. Uh, speaking of announcing and announcers. this was uh oh no this is from the weekend jason and this was a basketball game between swarthmore it falls and and nyu (laughs) and nyu and swarthmore beats nyu all we need is a a free throw or two from this guy jason and we're going to get it uh let's hear how it sounds Shirley, go ahead and hit it not sure what's going on sabarino however going to the line so they're up to just a few seconds ago was in this exact position one and one just hit one man need to hit this one give me one Come one on. and one hit it hit it that one falls all right <laughs> off the mark oh. here comes d'angelo he pulls up his three-pointer oh no oh no Goodness me, oh my! <laughs> no! So that's what, no. You, that's what you ain't got that from, huh? Oh no! Oh no! I mean, it was Goodness like. Goodness me, oh my! It was like, you know, it was like watching someone get excited about his dog and then someone kicked his puppy. <laughs> the, I mean, my favorite part was, of course, the me, oh my, but now I think, now it's the. That one falls. Off the mark. You can't say it falls. Pause and then say off, off the mark. The mark. No, and basketball, call. if you say that one falls, that means it goes no, in. Man. That one falls. Off the mark. So people were listening were probably like, yeah, oh, all right. Sweet. Now hit the second Off the mark. One. What? <laughs> what a call. All-time call. I got to hear more NYU basketball this year. Oh, goodness me, oh my. <laughs> I've heard a lot of calls over the years, including 
calls of my own. I've never heard the phrase, oh goodness me, oh my, ever uttered in a ball game. Have you ever heard Shirley Rhodes on the call with me doing color, Jason? Have have we played that? I have not. Shirley, pull it up. This is Farmville Central. Uh Okay, you're going to have to give me a second to find it. Girls Basketball Championship circa 2007. This was was, the freshman one? Yes, Yes. this is 2007. 2007, Reynolds Coliseum packed out. Shirley Rhodes, Cliff Brock, uh, courtside, calling the action. Here it is. And we got it right here. Oh, by the way, this was my first and only ever basketball on the radio play-by-play. Okay. Oh. Megan Zulu to Crystal Smith. Shot goes in. It goes in. Marvel Central. Marvel Central wins. Marvel Central wins. In overtime, Crystal Smith, a freshman, brings home the state 2A title. Back to Pitt County and back to Marvel Central High School. Your final score, 56. <laughs> what a call. I'm talking Shirley. <laughs> buzzer beater to win the state championship. And the Farmville Central alum, Shirley Rhodes, was on the call. I love a good call, and I love a crowd pop yeah, on that good great call. Great crowd. Wow. Well, I've, I've said this about a thousand times describing that, that atmosphere. The fans, uh, it was in Reynolds Coliseum over at NC State. And the fans were practically right on top of us. I mean, there was not much space between where Press Row was and where the fans were, the Farmville Central fans. So that crowd pop, and that's why you can you you can hear me. I'm yelling because I can't hear myself. The crowd behind me is so loud. I literally cannot hear myself in my headphones. And uh, and then I jumped up, and Clip actually had to grab me because I was taking thousands of dollars of equipment with me <laughs> as I'm jumping up and down because I forgot I was actually attached to things. And then, of course, Crystal Smith, the freshman, who's... A freshman! Yep, hits the game-winning shot. Crystal lived down the street from me. Her mother and I went to high school together. So wow. I had known Crystal for a long, long time. So uh, it was just a... You know, as a Farmville Central alum, it was just one of those really cool moments I got to experience. Who did Farmville play that day? Do you remember? No, Can I don't. Can we hear the opposing uh, play-by-play? <laughs> what oh, would that guys sound like? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. What did that sound like? Uh, that sounded like... Oh, no! Oh, no! Yeah, that's pretty much what it sounded like with that guy. That's what Shirley would have sounded like. If the- Way to set that up. <laughs> Zulo to Smith. Shot. No good. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh goodness me. Oh, my. Goodness me. Oh, my. Mike P said, great call, Shirley. Jamie said, that's a great call, Shirley. Good detail. So there you Thank go. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Considering that I was losing my mind. I actually strained my vocal cords after that game. Uh, Clip and I rode together. We stopped at a McDonald's drive-through on the way back. I couldn't. I couldn't give my order. My my vocal cords were gone. Uh, so I was like, Clip, you're gonna have to order for me, man. I can't talk. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, John Moody says treasure chest vibes today. Not being able to get through. Almost that time. It is almost that time. Jason, uh, during December, we open up the Pirate Radio treasure chest. We got great prizes to get people in the Christmas spirit, and we will be opening that thing up pretty soon. I'm ready to wow. hear that jingle. That okay. December to uh, December to remember. How's the chest looking this year, Chandler? You getting it stocked up? Trying to get it stocked up. Is so. that chest full? It's getting full. Okay. It's we've started putting some stuff in there uh, in the past couple of weeks. Okay, Good I stuff. Just wanna, I want to make sure that that chest is full. 
All right. Uh, Brian says, with App State, Marshall, Coastal, James Madison, Southern Miss being regional teams, what are your thoughts on ECU moving to the Sun Belt? I'll ask Jason. I've given my thoughts on this a lot. Personally, no. The 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 money that you get right now out of the AAC is greater than what you're going to get out of the Sun Belt. That's if, the bottom line. If the Sun Belt gets to where they're paying more, then you want to move to the Sun Belt. Would I rather play some of these schools than North Texas and UTSA and FIU or whatever, FAU? Sure. But uh, it's about how much money's involved. And right now, the American dollar wise is still ahead of the Sun, Sun Belt. Belt. It's the way it is. So, and I really wouldn't hate if that was our basketball conference, if you could separate it. In fact, the way everything's going now, sure. you should almost use each program as a, a different entity almost. Yeah. And save some money on travel during basketball and football and baseball season. Well, that's been talked about, believe it or not, like, you know, maybe separating football away from everything because, you know, just because you play in one conference for football, doesn't mean it's feasible to play in another in that same conference in all your other sports because of what you just said. So. Yeah, and you're playing one game a week in football and, and only 12 of them, six on the road, yeah. whereas basketball, baseball, volleyball, you're you're going there a lot every weekend, midweek, all that stuff. So yeah. maybe we'll get some uh, some thinkers in there and, uh, and figure it out. James Madison ranked – oh, man, were they? I was telling Jason that James Madison was uh, 3-0 and in hoops – including their first two games they played in three overtimes against uh, Kent State and, of course, the big game against Sparty. So did they put them in the poll this week? I think no I way. saw that somewhere. They did. James Madison is ranked in football and basketball right now, wow. number 24 in the country. How about that? Wow. So uh, they are high on the hog right now. We'll see if they can uh, keep it rolling there in Harrisonburg, I believe, Virginia. Yeah. All right. Let's take our final break. We'll come back, get ready to wrap it up here on a Monday and have more for you on Pirate Radio Live after this. Hey! Hey! Uh, let's go to the beach. Each, let's go get away. They, they, what they gonna say? Have a drink? Click, found the bus. Bad girls like me, so hard to come by. If I own, own, let's go get it out. The sound. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Dow was up 54 points and closed at 34,337. The NASDAQ was down 30 points at 13,767. And the S&P was down 3 at 4411 That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Stock Market Report. For a personal look into investing, call 756-6900 in Greenville Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, Sean. <laughs> the uh, Virginia's for Lovers pick of the night. Uh, Stefan Diggs primetime over catches is an autoplay for me. And okay. it's seven and a half. It's a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot. But in these games, he usually has three on the first drive. 
and gets his number by the third quarter. Yeah. So I'm ha- I'm having like a ECU Iowa um, tight week when it comes to fantasy. I've got uh, I've got seventy points. It's seventy. Oh to man. Seventy one. Um, and I need him to have it just a few points. Who digs? Digs. Well, I finished with 81 points, so I wish I was playing you, but you would still end up beating me because I had a terrible week in fantasy as well. Uh, but Derek uh, Carr got hurt, so and he's my starting quarterback. So I do think uh, Buffalo gets right tonight, but I don't know, man. They're five and four, Jason. And so I think they should be better than that, right? You would think if they, you know, if they're going to be what they thought they were going to be, because they they thought they were still contending, but I don't know. And I wonder how. And I don't know if the NFL has windows necessarily, but how open is this McDermott Allen Diggs window? Like it, it feels like they they might be closing that thing here soon. So did, did Jahan? Sorry, did Jahan Dotson play for y'all? Though? Oh yeah, played the whole game. Man, my, oh. my opponent had him, and he got zero points from him. That's because he had zero catches, <laughs> and he had I think one target. So wow. Sam was slinging it around, but not to him. All right, Jason, thank you for hanging out, man. We'll see you bright and early Saturday morning. Yes, sir. We go on the air at 8 a.m. Jason will join us at in the 9 o'clock hour on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and after the game, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter college show. Shirley Rhodes, John, we'll see you fine folks coming up Tuesday at 3 o'clock. We'll get you ready for ECU Navy with the play-by-play voice of the midshipman, Pete Medhurst, our friend. And uh, sure, we'll talk some commanders and DMV sports with Pete coming up on Tuesday. So, got that coming your way. Plus, our regulars, Mully, maybe he puts on the wig tomorrow. Maybe we cut it. We'll, we'll do something with that. We'll have a big Tuesday show. We'll talk to you then. For the crew here at Pirate Radio, I'm Cliff Brock. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.